ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the intermission. This week it's Grab Bag 3. What's our cute, what's our cute like sequel? Grab Bag with a Vengeance. Yeah. Even, nice. Even grabbier. Even grabbier. <laughs> grab Bag 3. Grab ass. Anyway, uh, you, your panelists, <laughs> myself as always. Two grab, two bag. <laughs> uh, Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. Hey. Trey the Amazing Stokes. Right. So we've done three of these. So I like these episodes because they're fun. You're yeah. basically who no gives pressure. A shit? There's exactly. no pressure at all. So uh, do our so do our listeners. They're always like, "We love it." I was like, "Then why do we even try?" Yeah, we should, <laughs> we should, we should try. We should, every week we should just get microphones and just start talking. No. Try, trying is passe. Yeah, uh, but there's some cool so, stuff going on. Uh, do we, let's start. Let's start with TV shows. <laughs> sure, there is. Well, <laughs> there's at least three cool things going on right now. Yeah, there's some. You know. Uh, let's see. I saw World War Z and didn't hate it. Let's there just like How about that? Did I you did see too. it? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, I, it was, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. And it uh, was okay? It was yeah. yes. Okay is a perfect if it if, don't call it World War Z. Yep. It's like this is the this is a pretty fucking awesome two hundred million dollar zombie movie. I tell you that somebody, Brad somebody Pitt versus zombies made a two hundred million dollar zombie movie, and here it is, and it's that's did the final renders of the zombies look better than they did in the trailers? No, to be honest, they oh. look about as cartoony. But Darn. but it's okay. The, the like the only thing to me about it was I I still wish even even as this plot. I mean. I, uh, you know, I'm on record as thinking that the the movie should have been based on the book and be like a mockumentary miniseries. HBO miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the Ideally plot it would have been, yeah, yeah. That well, okay, and, and get to that in a second. But I, I, I still think the plot of the movie as it is might have benefited from that just because. I mean, it's it's already kind of a long movie. It's like two and a half hours. Doesn't mm-hmm. feel that way. Doesn't doesn't no. drag. I, I actually thought it was short. Like it ended, and I went, oh. Yeah, I guess we're done. Yeah, exactly. It goes it goes really quickly. It kind of it it almost feels a little bit rushed because it's like every time it's like Brad Pitt is a jinx because every time he shows up somewhere, like shit immediately (laughs) deteriorates and the zombies come. It's like you know, there's a there's a scene where Brad Pitt come around. He shows up and you've seen pretty much all the zombie action is from one particular sequence in the movie. Um, All the stuff you've seen in the trailers of them, you know, overturning buses and and climbing up walls and stuff like that. That's all from a, a sequence in in Israel, and it's like. Israel has been lasting for a while, and it's like he shows up, and five minutes later, the zombies figure out the wall. It's like that's it for Israel. Yeah, I, it would have been it would have been nice in a TV show. It's like he shows up in Israel, and you have an episode right. where he's meeting people, and you're getting uh, to know people, and there's a bit of a breather, and yeah. then you know the 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 wall comes down or We've whatever. Isolated a few weak spots in your defenses. Oh, what could possibly? Oh God, here. <laughs> exactly. Oh, the hubris. Whereas uh, whereas it is simply he shows up. And and they, <laughs> the zombies, yeah, the zombies, the the wall lasts just long enough for him to get exposition from the person he's come to meet, <laughs> yeah, and then the zombies flood over, and so it's <laughs> zombies got word Brad Pitt was in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally getting autographed, dude. So it's not, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that ruined the movie or anything. It's just there was no room to breathe in the movie, yeah. like at all. It just had to do these things until until the ending, which hey, Damon Lindelof apparently fixed it because the ending was actually good and the ending was more tense and more again. of a more of a breather I know no I won't I won't say it <laughs> you heard me it hurt him I'm saying it again. you heard me the he first time I don't want a little it, blood saying yeah. it the first time it's bad enough that these three guys heard it in this town I don't want anyone else in this town to hear <laughs> yeah. a fan say that it's already, it's already cost him to say he liked World War Z at yeah. all so there yeah. I did I did actually I, I tweeted to Lindelof because every, I know everyone just on his Twitter is just always fucking yeah being, I know being, <laughs> being Lindelof is the bravest man on Twitter yeah. I think he is so I, so I actually had to get on Twitter and and 
like, to, to, <laughs> like at him be like, hey man, good job on World War Z. I was like, because <laughs> I know he doesn't get that shit ever. So I was yeah. like, I gotta swallow it and just do it because he deserved it. Props, respect. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I would say, I would say that it's worth seeing and it's it's done well enough that it's going to get a, a sequel. Number six of the season so far and, and still the, counting. The thing is, I'm, you know, I'm sure this is a vain hope, but um, you want to write it? They have no. Well, <laughs> that sure. would also be a vain. Sure, hope. that would yeah. be an, uh, use the book. That's what that's the hope. That exactly. It's like they haven't done anything to negate the book. It's not like the, the the they could not do the book. So it's like if they wanted to, they could actually do the book as the sequel, and and it would work, and that would be the best of both worlds. Yeah. So you know, yes, I, I yeah, I like the 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 general approach, at least in the Israel sequence, and I kind of wish they had done it more, but. Most of the time, zombie movies are, you know, very claustrophobic, just random survivors. Sure. You know, zombie movies are like the opposite of kind of a Godzilla movie, where the Godzilla movie is almost always, with Cloverfield being the exception, the army and the president dealing with the, the big strings, you know, the big broad strokes of how society will respond. And zombie movies are usually just the, this random They're like group Cloverfield. Of people. Yeah. yeah, they're Cloverfield. Yeah. Uh, and I like that this was actually a flip of that, where, okay, we're seeing the the world respond and it comes it's you know comes some sort of the book but it, without actually being the book at all right but i like that somebody finally did that took that approach yeah. that general that the general independence approach. day of zombie movies. exactly and i thought they they did again pretty well yeah. not ultimately you know not great not amazing but pretty good at least far better than my expectations were going in yeah for sure it's it's, it's the, the comparison to independence day it's like independence day i enjoy like every so often i'm like I, you know what it's been it's been long enough i deserve independence day and <laughs> i'll watch right. it again whereas whereas world war z i can't imagine like wanting to see it again i wasn't disappointed by it i wasn't angry after coming out i was like hey okay they they stuck that pretty well but i could actually like, see myself hmm. going back to it I'm, I'm not that not that often. Well, I, me, I, me, maybe maybe like once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> chapter search. Ne- ne- yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, probably. Yeah. So What's, it's not. So it's not Men of Steel. You're saying. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like it's actually. I haven't seen World War Z, but just speaking oh of God, things that have happened recently, <laughs> I, I was listening. It's to, totally fair game. We can talk about it. Yeah. I found my really old iPod. Uh, which is a thing that, like, that's a part of our culture. Finding the iPod you lost a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm like, oh, cool. There's some down in front on this. It's a podcast we used to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, and it was all like old, old episodes. And I was like, I haven't listened to any of these in a long time. And I just picked one at random. I picked the core, which is hilarious. And like, <laughs> that's one of my favorite drunk Mike episodes. Because at one point, like, because we were doing like a drinking game, like every time someone makes sense, take a drink. And it was like that kind of thing. And at one point, Trey's like, okay, no more drinking game for Michael. And he's like, it is no longer a game. <laughs> but it's funny because all the way back into that, and this is why I brought it up. Uh, we, we were talking about the World War Z movie just got optioned and Trey's like yeah we're already we're, we're supposed to hate it like already we're supposed to just hate it because it's not gonna like like you were clearly referencing something like that was in the news that week where it's yeah. like oh it's gonna suck people are up in arms we recorded that in like 2010 oh they've been working yeah. on that for a while yeah. yeah man it's just like it was so weird because like this week I'm listening to that episode and it's like World War Z is coming out oh it's gonna be awful I'm like Jesus when did we record this I thought this was old <laughs> yeah. it is old that's uh, like how, how long have been working on this? How long have we been thing? waiting for the Lone Ranger to suck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> but that one, but that one paid off. I don't think we ever bothered to talk about the Lone yeah, Ranger. We that's how. So it's it's like the biggest movie that is off the radar. So that's 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 the big story this week as we're recording this. I, I haven't seen. You sounded it so, dis- will, you sound it so disappointed that it's not John Cartering. I, you know, it's like, well, it certainly was shaping up, as I said, because I actually was using the numbers off of Box Office Mojo. It's like, it's like, it's it's not doing badly enough to be the new John Carter. It's in. It's on track to be the new Prince of Persia. Um, mm. That's so. that's damning with 
Yeah, not great. That's, Saints, damning, that's damning with nothing. Still, still a bomb, just not John Carter. That's just damning. Just that's, not, just not John so, Carter bomb. So the the ignominia of, of being a bomb without even the noteworthiness of being yeah. an interesting. Bomb. You don't even get to a be the worst bomb, bomb ever. Yeah. You, just, you still <laughs> don't get to unseat mediocre the, the, even in your bombing. Yeah, you don't it's even, not even a bomb. It's a dud. God knows you tried. God knows you guys tried hard. <laughs> To make this the biggest bomb ever and unseat John Carter from that role, but unfortunately, no, you he failed. Even in you failing. had Johnny Depp, and there's people who are going to show up no matter what. So I have what's crazy is I'm watching the trailer. Like we already have sort of it's not necessarily a joke yet about Johnny Depp. I mean, it's something that we all kind of kid about, but it's not like haha fuck Johnny Depp because he always does these wacky characters. But I'm watching the trailer, and every single time they use him, it's not even I'm not even like annoyed by like the weird Indian thing that they're trying to do, which is kind of hokey. It's just the totally. Like default Johnny Depp make face hold and then get yanked out of cr- yeah, out of frame yeah. thing. Yep. They use like four times just in the trailer alone, where he's just like, yeah, that's like, gonna be a long it's like, movie. It's like yeah. they've just taken this character and sort of like stood him up in different shots, making funny faces, and just said, and now you're in this shot and just doing this. So it's just like it's funny that he's stuck under the train. It's funny that he's you know basically all the oh look at the wacky places Johnny Depp ends up. The movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Depp faces the movie. Well, they made a billion dollars off of him doing yeah, that one doing time. It, so it, worked, it worked before. It. Yeah, it worked. And before. you know that's how the studio executives think. Oh, yeah. if we made a billion dollars off of that exact, it's all shot. the same guys again. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was fucking. Yeah, and everyone's like, at this point, everyone's like. Well, like, you know, giving them shit, they're like, well, who was asking for a Lone Ranger movie? They're like, who was asking for a Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Well, that's the, Nobody, and we made is, a million dollars. This is, what, this is what makes studio executives crazy. It's like, if, if you take the, the guys who, against all odds, made Pirates of the Caribbean wow. <clears throat> into a series of hits that were even critically mostly well-received, certainly the first one. Yeah. They were actually fun and entertaining. Take the same writers, the same, you know, some of the same actors, the same director from the same studio, the same producer, Bruckheimer, and do it again. And it's it doesn't work. a colossal face plan. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, again, this is the kind of thing that makes studio people go, I, I, wow. How do I? Oh yeah, Goldman I, is somewhere stroking it How do I justify right the fact that he's just so like yes? How do I justify about knows anything? How do I justify the fact that I still have a job? You know, it's like so. What happened there? Um, apparently, what happened was um, Army Hammer's terrible. That's what it is. It's totally yeah. Terrible. Poor Army Hammer. This poor is Army Hammer. It's all going to come down to him. One more. One more. He's the new uh, Taylor, or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's but. And I like Army Hammer. I don't. You know. It's, yeah. like, it's like you're barely aware that he's even in the movie. It's like you wouldn't know that he's in the movie. Well, he's so, wearing a mask. So, someone, someone tweeted today that Army Hammer should try and blame it on that other guy from Social Network. <laughs> it was the other guy that wasn't. That wasn't me in the movie. It was. <laughs> it was my twin. twin. My, it was my head twin. On him yeah. It was my twin. It was my twin to that movie. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't have any strong feelings about the Lone Ranger as a property myself. You know, it's, it's like I'm gonna like Man of Steel it. Like that's totally not the Lone Ranger. They ruined it. Gah, my childhood. Um, I'm, I'm more aware of the Lone Ranger than than you guys probably are as a cultural thing. No idea. But um, <laughs> there's not that much to know about the Lone Ranger. I didn't even realize Tonto was a Lone Ranger thing. I thought that he was just like a character that from was mythology. The, or that something. was the generic Indian name. Yeah, I just thought that. Was, yeah, you know, that's where Tonto comes from. Hyo Silver is Lone Ranger. Hyo Silver is and Silver Bullet. So the concept of the Silver Bullet um, sort of comes from I werewolves. I did sort of not know from, that. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was werewolf thing. I'm but like, it's hmm? but the, the whole the whole point of the Lone Ranger is he uses silver bullets. Uh, huh. So the um, so there's a mythology of the Lone Ranger, but it's fairly straightforward and simple. It's you know he was the member of a group of Texas Rangers and they were wiped out and he's the last one and he's turned into sort of a rogue and renegade trying to truth, you know. truth justice in the America he's, he's, he's frontier Batman basically is what he is I see. Uh, so and he's got his Indian sidekick so um, god damn it that pitch is way more interesting in my head than the Lone Ranger is <laughs> yeah Mike go write frontier Batman frontier Batman frontier okay. Batman 
Put some steampunk in fact, in it. In fact, just pick every world at Disneyland and then make a Batman for that world. Yeah. <laughs> Please go take Fantasyland and make it Fantasyland Batman. <laughs> well, that, well, that's actually Van Helsing. Uh, um, how, uh, how about we cut this section out of this episode? Yeah, really? <laughs> because, yes. <laughs> Tomorrowland so Batman. Give, yeah, let's it, not give anyone it any could have, It could have been, you know, there's nothing preventing The Lone Ranger from being a great, fun summer movie. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I like the fact that you mean it can be a good movie based on a property that people aren't aware of take that Hollywood you know that's I, I love I love it when that happens that, that's almost like being original yeah, yeah I was I, gonna say it's pretty sad that that's our concept of originality now yeah. not a lot of not people a lot know of about people it. know about there it. has not been an intro into this thing for like 40 years you well, guys. well well Chris what's really crazy about it is the last time they tried to turn Lone Ranger into a big tentpole in 1981 that too was a famous money losing bomb um, I don't even exactly. Yeah, that movie that movie tanked so hard, and it was sad. It was directed by William Fraker, the famous cinematographer. Um, Started a guy. Read the story about it. Look it up. It's it's 1981. Yes, there was a huge, massive budget for the time. Even today, Lone Ranger like, movie, Lone Ranger movie called the Lone Ranger that was the biggest bomb of of its era, and uh, it's so forgotten now that I'm sure everyone's. But the guy who played the Lone Ranger in that one only ever did that one movie. He was not even an actor. They cast him because he looked good. Literally, quote, he looked good in the mask. Mm. That's how he got the gig. Well, compared uh, to that one, this is like an uproarious success. Exactly compared to the the other Lone Ranger. This is a huge. A I huge want to see success. the studio exec make that case. Like we did better than the last yeah, one. Yeah, right. this time it wasn't the biggest bomb of the year. Hooray! We which, rule. We are the best. Which I believe that honor goes to either after Earth. Probably after Earth. At this point is probably our biggest. Uh, the biggest one for the summer. Biggest face plant of the summer. Um, and I, I really have no. I, I will segue into something else. Um, I. I hope Pacific Rim does really well. I actually want Pacific Rim to be the big movie of the summer. People are so excited about it. I'm like, for you guys, I hope I'm, this is and and I am for your too. sake. I am too, just because, again, first of all, it's an original story. Huzzah! No. Even though I hate robots punching each other, um, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, and I'm well, not a, uh, you know, at least the robots are punching, you know, Godzilla's in this one, so that's, hey, that's a big breakthrough. But um, the trailers, I like, you know, we talk about a stupid, fun summer movie. And we've been having conversations in the chat room about the definition of what we mean when we say stupid. Um, <laughs> I don't mean like insulting to your intelligence as a human on the planet. But yeah. like Independence Day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that would be a kind of a dumb, fun summer movie. Um, I think Pacific Rim, I hope Pacific Rim does really well. It may well not. It's hard to tell. I just don't get it. Like, mm. what's crazy is everyone's talking about it like, oh my God, you guys, they're making a movie about giant robots fighting giant monsters. And I'm thinking like, this would make perfect sense if we lived in 1979 and there weren't movies like that. But every fucking movie that's the thing. That's is exactly giant robots it. playing monsters. I don't get yeah. the thing. I, I, that's exactly why, why are you my reaction. Losing your mind? I'm like, why is this so exciting? I feel like this is the same movie we've been seeing for 10 years. This is yeah. this is the Avengers Cause, well, cause and Battleship and yeah. all I'm, of the other ones. Because, I, because it's just slightly more exactly like all the things that those people go nuts for. Like Evangelion and right, and yeah. is it like the kaiju? It's, it's more. It's more. I it's think that's closer. Exactly. It's just it, close. The that much closer. Is closer yeah. than yeah. The, and, and the concept. The, the, the fact that yeah. it's not Optimus Prime. It's uh, a guy or two guys apparently in a giant suit. Yeah. Like well, for see, whatever I, reason, I, I can't get into people, Transformers first of all because I'm not the right age. But you know, even Transformers, like well, even at best. 
it's fucking robots from outer space. You know? right. like, at least these have humans in them. Yeah. There are humans in them. That's true. At right. least and at it, least there's a connection for and it's us. Like, and, to, and well, I'm not saying in, it in, makes in, sense, this distinction. In I'm Transformers, the robots both all came from space to stand in our front yard and punch each other, which <laughs> we don't really have a stake in that, other than I wish they wouldn't punch each other in our yard. <laughs> whereas, whereas opposed to Pacific Rim, where at least, well, at least the mon- you know, we built the robots because the monsters were killing us. That's yeah. so fair. We, we have a stake in the story a little bit more than we do in Transformers. Um, it's you know, like I said, it could, like, apparently one of the things I've read is um, first of all, people who have seen it because people are starting to see it. I haven't seen anyone who said, "Well, that wasn't that great." Everyone's going, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Um, oh, really? Which, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, huh. and and the other thing that gives me hope, well, several things give me hope about it. I think Guillermo del Toro, even if I don't love every movie he makes, asterisk, I think he brings yeah. something really interesting to each movie. I mean, I don't love Pan's Labyrinth, but you know, God bless him for making it. And uh, you know, I think Hellboy is one of the great, you know, mm. great takes on on the you know something that could have been much more mundane and like, oh my God, another one of these. And he really brought an interesting sensibility to the Hellboy movies and and uh, and the Blade movies too. You know, his Blade movie is clearly his Blade movie. And, and Plus you want to like movies movie. by a guy that you like. Because like yeah, exactly. Guillermo always comes across yeah, as like, yeah, yeah, you're, he fucking rules. You're pulling for him anyway. So that's that's cool too. Um, but apparently uh, one of the things I've read, and I don't know if this is true, it's just something that someone said, um, someone who has seen the movie said, you know what's weird is, um, or you know, Understandable, but maybe good, maybe bad, maybe maybe turn out to be a mistake. Who knows? You don't know until it's afterwards. But um, the movie ad campaign is emphasizing surprise, surprise, the spectacle of it, and doesn't talk about how the fact that it's actually there's a really great character acting story going on. Huh. You just don't see that. Okay, in good. The trailers, you know. Yeah. Hope hope, um, hope reestablished lightly, which is that's yeah. true. I mean, you can sort of you can see where they're kind of doing it because the whole idea of. You know the the bullshit hand wave science is it takes two people to operate it. But mind they have meld, to mind and, meld. Yeah. I think that's where the character stuff comes in. Is all about you know two pe- you know, people who are you know reliving each <laughs> Meanwhile, other's just lives trying to sell me the spectacle and telling me that plot point makes me think it's fucking retarded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So like, like, okay, and they're both like and it's just shots of them like to, crunching together. Yeah, like, to me ah, that's rah. kind of like you know okay you made that up to create a reason to have character development. But if you then go on to have character development, then okay you know I'll allow it. But, sure. but in the trailer, I'm just going no. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I hope so. I hope th- that's perfect. That's that's good news. Anyway, I yeah. have, you know, like I said, I have hope. I it could, you know, I, I based on just the the vibe. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, as far as how it'll do overall, I don't know. Who knows, yeah. But uh, the fact that it's original, I apply, like. I want it to do well. Just like I wish the Lone Ranger had done well. My asterisk was I, I, I think I accidentally like bought into the hive mind and just sort of pushed Guillermo del Toro into my like Joss Whedon camp mentally where it's like oh and he's one of the good ones he's one of the guys you gotta follow and I realized this past week like I don't think I've actually ever really liked a Guillermo del Toro movie but I haven't seen Hellboy a lot so I might need to revisit it and see if like okay I fucking love that never mind but like all the only things I know about him are Pan's Labyrinth and this really and also that Drew Struzan in the Struzan book that I got which again every single time you hear me talk go to Amazon buy the Drew Struzan book just do it uh, but he talks about working with Guillermo and he's like you can't not love Guillermo he's wonderful like yeah. Struzan is kind of a salty old bastard on, and he's you know he's taking this shit really seriously and he's kind of jaded and he'll be like fuck this movie fuck these people fuck this he's over there going I love Guillermo del Toro he is just the best guy ever blah 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 you can't help but be infected by his enthusiasm yeah. and all that shit I just put him into the camp of people who I'm like I always care what they do even though I actually don't think I've ever liked one of his movies. I have that for Alfonso Cuaron, and I've only seen two of his movies, and I only liked one of them. But at least I liked one of them. I don't even know how Guillermo got the spot. It must just be his enthusiasm. He seems well, he's, like, he's a huge movie nerd himself. Like he's he'd a be fan. fine on the yeah. panel. 
Like he'd be, he'd be fine oh, yeah. sitting on the couch. Oh, he'd put oh, all yeah. of us to shame. Oh, I, I would think. Yeah. Trey, don't you know him or something? I've met him a couple times. Yeah, I was on the set of Blade Three or whichever one. Two. He, he did two. Two. Blade Two because Tippett Studio did the did, did creature stuff. Oh, what was, they, the, what was they, the creature stuff? They would have done the uh, Reapers. The, the Reapers were yeah, I believe. and the um, vampires, vampires. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the I don't know anything about Blade. I'm like, the, you have my attention. The, 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 yeah, vampires that feed on vampires. Um, so they're you know they, they scare vampires. Basically, it's <laughs> the idea. Vampires like re- reapers. No, oh, that's bad. Um, so is Kirstie Alley, one of those. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Parker Posey uh, makes a great vampire too. Um, but that's Dude. that's but that's Blade Three. Um, I could see that happening. Is Blade Three the one that Patton Oswalt was in, and he talks yes. shit about? Yes, Wesley Snipes would be like weird, yeah. and then disappear for weeks, and then yeah, in like a cloud of but smoke. But there's some weird stuff in Blade Three. I like Blade Three a lot. Anyway, uh, but that's not Guillermo. Um, I, 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 he did that, um, and I also interviewed with him about working on Blade Three when they were first starting to do it, about working on the visual effects team. Um, that didn't work out, but then I visited on the set later, and you know, saw him again, and visited Tippett Studio, my friends from there, because it was not that long after, after Troopers, so. But they were shooting it down here, so I, I dropped by the set. Um, that's that's it. And I have friends who've like hung out with him. Uh, I haven't hung out, hung out with him ever. But, but they uh, all say like the same thing. Like, he's a, he's a, he's a total fa- piece of shit, a rapist. Fa- yeah, he's he's like he's um yeah he's a terrible person. He, he's Kevin Smith with talent. He's he's yeah uh, <laughs> and an accent. I was yeah. I was actually yeah. I was at uh, Kevin Smith with talent and an accent. Murata, yeah. the place he set up basically to to make Pacific yeah. Rim, yeah. and uh, until they were like, oh no, and went to ILM uh, for for a lot of that work. But uh, I think. Murata was still contributing pretty heavily to Pacific Rim. Um, I happened to be there just as they were ramping up Pacific Rim, so he came. Like I was there for literally like a week, but it happened to be the week that he came in and was like, "All right, everyone, I'm so glad you're here. You're all part of the team." And blah blah blah. And I was like, "Not really me, unless you keep me, I guess." But um, I'm a temp. Yeah, exactly. I'm a temp, but thank you. <laughs> Not um, me. I still got a. I still got a T-shirt, but. Yeah, there uh, you go. Um, yeah, he was in. He was very, uh, very cool and very pot, and everybody there loved him. So it was like, well, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's one of the, those kind of guys. You kind of go, yeah. I just, I'm just glad that they're giving you movies to make, especially yeah. big, expensive movies. Like, I don't know anything about Gareth Edwards, but I hope he gets to make another one. Yeah, exactly. after months. He's working on Godzilla. Speaking of which, actually, yeah, and uh, takes us to another. Is movie. he doing it with Del Toro? No, oh. he's doing he's doing Godzilla. He's yeah. not oh, doing oh, oh. it. Which takes us to uh, the other movie I'm looking forward to. Well, there's two other movies that I can think of that I'm looking forward to this summer. One is Equilibrium. Um, uh, Elysium. 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 Okay. Equilibrium I didn't like so much. Yeah. Uh, I am looking forward to Elysium. Elysium, yes. yes thank you yes. for me. Elysium, yeah, because it's like, okay, this everything everything points to, okay, good, yeah. good, good. Blomkamp. Blum original. Blomkamp. Yeah. Original. Jodie Foster thought it was worth showing up for. Good. <laughs> Looks Matt, pretty. Matt Damon's, Looks pretty. Matt Damon's looking badass. Trailer's looking good. Like they're they're replacing his bones in the trailer. He's like, this ain't gonna kill me, and he starts wincing, and you're like, wow, <laughs> yeah, that might a, kill you. Dude. I don't know what they're doing to this guy, yeah. but I want to see them do it to him again. I, I, as we've said before, it's like, hey, when you if you're doing a genre, especially a gritty, nasty people, a lot of people are tired of you know post apocalyptic dystopias. Not me. Bring it on. Keep keep them coming. <laughs> um, and and you can, if you get a movie like that where Jodie Foster and Matt Damon will show up to be your leads, like you you might be on something. You might you might have something there. Jodie Foster is powerfully good. She is really yes. good. She looks awesome in the trailers too. In a, yeah, in a really scary way. I've pointy. never seen her look. She's before. very pointy. Looks looking. very sharp. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, you could cut cut glass with her cheekbones. Shave so, with Jodie. Yeah, exactly. So so uh, that one and and just and you want to talk about a dumb summer movie? I'm looking forward to. Uh, it's, it's the end of the summer, but Kick Ass Two. Yeah, I hope. I'm curious I to see what happens. That's the whole thing with Jim. Carrey is adorable. How have we not done Kick-Ass on this I, re- I, I got to read, that, I got that, to read a script for Kick-Ass 2. I don't know if, you know, it, that's Did it, did it have the Jim Carrey character in it? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Is it funny? Is it because um, all the things I I'm loved, saying? I love the script, but I'm reading it. Uh, uh, what's his face? McLovin made a made a joke early on about <laughs> how uh, that guy's going to be 57 years old. Yeah. Calling him McLovin. McLovin. Because it's easier to remember than his. Uh, yeah. But uh, his name is Christopher yeah, Mintz. Dude, yeah. yeah, dude, get a real name. Uh, McLovin, like McLovin. Just change your name to McLovin. Just embrace <laughs> it. But one name. It. One name. What do you see? They had just they had just started shooting <laughs> shooting it, and he made a joke about it being rated NC-17. And of course, all the movie blogs ran it as news oh that it had already been rated NC-17. He's like, he's fucking joking. <laughs> yeah, and that's, right. that's not how Movies that works. Movies don't get rated while you're shooting them. And uh, But reading the script, I was like, I see where he's coming from yeah. this. It's kick-ass God too, man. I mean, it's, if it's anything like the first one, it's going to be like... No, church even, groups get pissed level fucked oh, up. Yeah. It's oh even, yeah, it's even more violent. And I'm that's, like, this is that's going to be That's why you make that movie. Great. That's they, the point of it. I mean, minor spoiler, plug your ears for five seconds. They burned a, they burned Nick Cage alive at the end of the first one in front <laughs> yeah. of you. Yeah. This is going to be more fucked up. Yeah. Okay, shit, whatever. Uh, hi, no more But spoilers. it's fun. It's fun to wait. Yeah. <laughs> as, you, as you read it, it's, it's you know. These things are fucked up are for a reason. We'll see. But like, I've the trailers, I'm really... I, I only kind of like sort of liked Kick-Ass like I had a good time with it but it didn't leave a lasting impression on me but I want to see this one because I sort of liked the last one so I want to see this one too but what I'm taking by the most in the trailers is how Jim Carrey is in this movie playing an over-the-top character and he's like almost unrecognizable to me like he's yeah. doing a whole voice and shtick I've never seen before I, I haven't even looked at any of the trailers he's, I'm just like I'm watching Kick-Ass 2 and I don't even care <laughs> I don't know. it is don't imagine an entirely different actor who just had Jim Carrey level charisma yeah. but doesn't make the same faces like hmm. it's literally like I've never seen him because you know like the four Jim Carrey faces that he does in every movie and the sort of you know cadence that he has he's doing something entirely different and it's really amusing to see yeah. and I want to see Plus that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a little older he's a little heavier he's a little jowlier he's got a stubble you know like you look at that and he's movie, doing a weird accent you look at that movie and you kind of go you know wait is that Jim Carrey yeah. right but of course then he just came out what like the other week and said yeah. he's not going to promote it because Sandy Hook which <laughs> would I, it was Mike I think who said that would be a legitimate point if you turn down your paycheck, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or no, no, uh, Doc Sub, Doctor Submarine yeah. on our, our, he he was the one who who said that. I pointed out well, he's that he's an, he's an anti vaccine yeah. crusader. You've, which you've means- killed more people than Sandy Hook, Jim. <laughs> yeah, so, that's heavy. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Brian, what do you got going on? Have you been watching anything? Catching up on Netflix? I've actually been catching up on a lot of on a lot of TV shows uh, recently. I finally caught up on the two seasons of Boardwalk Empire that I hadn't seen. I have not uh, seen it. I, I haven't seen a moment of that. Mm. Is it good? I, I like Boardwalk Empire a lot. It carries a certain extra thing for me because it's about my <laughs> yeah. hometown where I grew up. Uh, so there's there's all sorts of like, you know, references. You grew up in Atlantic things. City? I grew up outside Atlantic City. Oh. And they do actually reference my actual, actual hometown at one point. And they referenced Lucy the Elephant, which I got a crazy kick out of, which nobody fucking knows about. Is that uh, like a local attraction? Yeah, it's a it's no, a it's hotel. just a girl that everyone. Oh yeah, she's still famous. <laughs> it's a hotel in the shape of an elephant oh, called okay. Lucy. Okay, uh, oh, that's cool. I mean, that's gaudy, but you know, Atlantic City. It's, it's, it's actually Margate, but yes. Uh, so There's I, a giant orange in Florida. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I li- I really like Boardwalk Empire. Uh, I think it does some really interesting things, and season three builds to a really great uh, climax. Did you ever see uh, The Sopranos? I never got into The Sopranos. I saw like half an episode at a friend's house. Really I said I, 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 I now. I'm yeah. just curious to know I've what I've never the... seen. I've never watched The Sopranos. I'm, I'm not because oh, I'm never watching The Sopranos. Just haven't watched The Sopranos. Yeah. Just one of those things. Just like I've never watched Buffy. I didn't. You know, I didn't haven't put a toe in the water yet. Yeah. Um, now with I'm James Gandolfini yeah. having just recently passed away, now a lot of people are going. Oh, I got to watch The Sopranos. Or I'm still curious to see it. Yeah, I haven't I, seen I, it. I want to yeah, see it. I, I have no reason not to, other than yeah. you know. Well, it's ten seasons, and you got to. It's ten seasons. I think it's not ten seasons. 
It's a lot. It's a number. It's like only seven, like eight. five seasons. Really? Okay. It took no, it took I, ten years because oh, they didn't do okay. regular seasons. That, that must have been oh, it. Yeah. I, 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 their number ten is in there somewhere. It's like but. seasons are real weird now because The Sopranos took ten years to do like six seasons, and Survivor has been on the air for like fifteen years and is like in season thirty nine now. So yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, who knows? That is always weird when we're watching we're watching Hell's Kitchen and the and they're like, yeah, yeah the winner of Hell's Kitchen thirteen, and it's like 13? we've been watching since the beginning, and I know it has not been thirteen years. <laughs> what is going on here? Because they'll just keep doing them. So yeah, Sopranos. I, I've seen Boardwalk Emperor like the first six episodes. Yeah, um, and, just, and just, I just haven't caught up since. And I, I, but it's not for lack of interest. It's just that I haven't had a chance to. I'm just curious how they relate because I know what The Sopranos is about. It's about like a, kind of a crime boss retiree, I guess, maybe sort of thing. But he's keeping it going, and it's crimey and mafia e. Is that what Boardwalk Empire is? Only plus period piece. Boardwalk Empire is about the the mob that controls the, Atlantic the, City. The, it's about prohibition, the prohibition mob. And Steve Buscemi's in it. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's like the, the mob he's boss. The lead. Yeah. He's, the, which makes, he's the James Gandolfini. Which, which yeah. makes me want to watch it just because, yeah. you know, Buscemi. He's the lead. It's a, when, you know, when does he yeah, get to he's be a lead? Yeah, he's great in it. I uh, love Steve Buscemi. Is it Buscemi? Buscemi or Buscemi? I've always heard Buscemi, but that's what I heard. it might be that everyone does it wrong. Watch him <laughs> yeah. watch, watch, watch him walk in. He's like, actually, it's Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people have been saying it wrong my whole life. I hate when people mispronounce it. He's got space dementia. Yeah. <laughs> Why Which did is, you even bring the guns? I actually pronounced Spaka Dementia. <laughs> so you've been, uh, have you been in, you watched the end of season two of Boardwalk Empire, so thumbs up? Season three. I've watched all three seasons that are currently exist. In that case, yes. you approve and recommend? Oh, yes, I do. And like I said, I think season three ends really strong. See the Is the, it on Netflix? The No, I was watching it on... Uh, few, oh, probably okay. back ep- issue episodes are. Uh, the back seasons are. The transition between season two and three was... Odd to watch one right after the other because uh, Steve Buscemi makes a really, you know, I don't want to say powerful, but a good, uh, compelling character arc through season two. Uh, and he ends in a different emotional place than he started the season at. And then season three begins and he seems to have completely reset to <laughs> who he was before his emotional arc. Uh, but then season three uh, proceeds also very compellingly. Cool. So I did that. I, like I think I mentioned on Private Ryan, I just watched The Pacific, which was great. It's not as uh, transcendentally awesome as Band of Brothers, but for structural reasons that they didn't really have control over. And really like the the theme of the Pacific is really just as simple as it really, really sucks yeah. to be a Marine in the world, <laughs> in world War II Pacific. Isn't the Pacific, because Band of Brothers was basically following the same overall group of guys. Yeah, they were following but the, the same company is, of soldiers. It's more vignette right? Well, no, Pacific still follows the same kind of company of soldiers, but it does split off a little bit and take some more detours. Because I was wondering um, if it's like, if the closest analogy would be like from the Earth to the Moon, which there's recurring characters, but it's different stories about different, basically groups every no, episode. I, I think the problem is that they didn't do that uh, because with Band of Brothers, they just had this this perfect real life example of these guys this one company was everywhere you will not believe this shit you will not believe all of the fucking shit all the big moments yeah. in history that they were at and their and their progression is the progression of the war yeah. whereas the pacific was so scattered yeah. that you know a guy might have been at this battle but he wasn't at that battle right because so. he has shit to do or died yeah. so they <laughs> they try to do the same structure as band of brothers as best they can but it just they don't have that great like it's training like the structure of the the theater was different and they just didn't have that same company of guys that was the same way so they do the best they can but they just can't quite do it i think it would have been better if they had uh just done it vignette yeah. style but individual episodes are, are amazing. amazing yeah oh that's good it's it's fucked and up the that tracers like, like yeah God, oh the the tracers. Best, i think whoever did the tracers 
I did some. I did some. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Ooh, I got one. Uh, uh, unless you want, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna. Uh, I've got others, but I know the one that you're. Well, actually, gonna I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a simple one, quick for um, Under the Dome. One good episode. One not really good episode. Two episodes in so far. Um, oh, if uh, anyone here worked on Under the Dome, get out now. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, Mike worked on it. Now, I now, worked on it. Did you guys work I, on the pilot, or have you actually worked on the series? We're working on the whole series. Okay. Did the um, effects is... Well, I'm not yeah. talking about... I, I guess, when I say something is good or bad, I'm never talking about the effects, because I don't give a rat's no. ass about it. And I, and I totally I just understand. wanted to throw them under the bus. And I, I'm, oh. I'm always like, when, peop, when uh, people are like, oh, yeah, I've been working on Under the Dome, and you're like, second episode's not so good. No control over that. Yeah. None at all. Yeah, the effects guys do not write the episode. And, yeah. and the problem with episode two is definitely the writing. Oh, it's... Um, yeah. I You know what? I'm not going to talk about my opinion of the show. So I'm just Gonna, I'm just gonna talk and 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 you can like you know give me a nod or something. I love my but, job and I love television. Exactly, but uh, it's just and I got I have it's no I have no business. We're all in. Huh? I have no dog in the fight of, of Under the Dome. You know, like I was like okay, you know, the thing that puzzled me about Under the Dome is first they said miniseries and I said great. Now they're just kind of saying series and I'm going what? Um, so I don't know what that's all about um, because I don't understand how it can be a series. I understand how it can be a miniseries. It'll but just become a sitcom. Be a It'll be friends, but, but they're actually in, under a dome the whole time. In typical in typical Hollywood fashion, it's like no. It's, It'll make it run forever and, and ruin it. I have no idea what that's about. I'm just, you know, just going on face value. Two episodes have aired so far. I watched the first episode. I've read the book. I thought, thought the book was good except for the ending. Um, they changed it massively. Yeah. I they, mean, King has come out and They've made some changes, and I, I would hope they've changed the ending. Um, if it has an ending now, because, again, I, who the fuck knows? If it's a series, you know. Don't expect an ending in a Stephen King book from the I, last 15 years. Yeah, just don't. I, well, <laughs> except for Joyland, which is fine. But um, Yeah, I actually haven't read that one yet. But uh, anyway, so the first episode, I was like, all right, that's, you know, credible. You know, I, I didn't like I wasn't insulted by anything that happened. The effects are fine. The effects are strong. Um, I have some quibbles with the dead cow, but that's just my you know creature effects background. Um, the you know, but it was good. I was like, oh, all right, you know, nice. Um, so just yesterday, I watched the second episode, and right out of the gate, right out of the gate, the first like five lines of dialogue are like, oh, somebody else was in charge of this episode. <laughs> this was not the same people. Um, and I looked it up, and sure enough, it's a, it's you know, however the thing stacks out, it's a different writer who. And the next two episodes, it goes back to the original writer, who's also the show runner. That's suspect. But uh, so it's a different writer. But you, you like to think that, you know, a series, well, you still have a show runner. You know, the scripts don't like come in like, well, the guy wrote it. We can't do anything. Here it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. You know, the show runner, often someone's name will be on a script and they didn't even write it. You know, the show runner yeah, yeah. was like, well, that was crap. But, you know, let me just make it better. But wow, the first like the first like three or four scenes, everyone is talking in the most ham-fisted expository dialogue I've heard in, like since an Asylum movie and I was like wow how since did Terra Nova excuse me we yeah, have to get to the Asylum oh because God, I love it was, you it was so Terra Nova uh, and it was like wow from one episode to the next it was like woo right over the cliff out the terms, door yeah exactly <laughs> like you walk out the door and fall I was like damn you know it's like that was crazy so, so we'll see what happens in episode 3 because episode 3 according to IMDB is back to the original guy again okay that's good so I'm like okay well we'll see uh, they'll just as someone said I, I said this on Twitter and someone said yeah I'm gonna check out episode 3 to see if that one was just a blip you know like episode yeah. two, something went crazy haywire on episode 2 well that's why I said ignore it, that one it, you know it might be uh, it, it could be something else entirely but it seems as if uh, if they were gonna do like 
the, the, the one guy wrote episodes one, three, and four, and maybe more. Mm-hmm. It seems as if like he wrote all the first episodes, but then they just didn't like episode two, so they had someone else do a pass on it or something. And maybe that's not what I'm happened at all. I'm guessing he was probably a little busy with the pilot. Or yeah, something. that could well, have been. It could have been yeah. stacked up. I don't know. Yeah. The other thing is, that I, I thought, well, maybe it's the director. Maybe the director isn't really doing it. I looked up the the director of that episode directed um, in Excelsis Deo of West Wing, among other things. Okay, so it's not well, the director. I was like, so I don't think it's the director. Uh, Feckless thug. Yeah. Well, Excelsis Deo is actually that was the, my son. Is, is, is that's that also two cathedrals is what you're that's thinking. That's two yeah. cathedrals. And oh. the day was when they find is uh, the dead the dead homeless guy with Toby's card in his pocket. Oh, and, oh that's even a better episode. Yeah. That's a better episode than yeah. two cathedrals. And speaking it, of which, I just finished West Wing, but we'll put oh, there you a, go. Well, you were talking about that, yeah. The one thing, the one thing, I, I just you know, so under everyone's the dome, dead, Mr. President. So under the dome, jury's still out. I'm going to give it another shot. But I just I just want to be the one to say this because I was the one to say this. Oh my God, Orphan Black, you guys! Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's <laughs> I the need deal. to finally I want get my on Trey's, cred. Trey's been doing I this want shit. My cred Trey's been doing this doing shit this. for months. Where he's like, "Get to watch Orphan Black," and we're all like, "Whatever, Trey." And then I, I don't know Orphan- what those two words mean. <laughs> exactly. And then I watched Orphan Black, and I was like, "Okay, Trey just got two more recommend credits. Like he gets yeah. the next two, whatever yeah, he says." I, I can recommend something shitty, and I'm still cool. Yeah, you, 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 could, yes. you could totally recommend Arrested Development, and I'd still give you credit for the next one. I was a joke. Nobody fucking sent. <laughs> any pizzas to my house Arrested Development is apparently awesome no I was kidding I've but, never um, seen it no but Orphan Black like I'm watching it and what's crazy is and I, I feel like I need to tell you this because you're going to watch the first episode and have an opinion the first episode is mostly exposition it's not the world's most exciting hour of television but you do need to watch it but trust me episode two is where you're going to go okie dokie and then fucking every episode after that is just insanely good so the first episode I've watched it I've, I've introduced the show to a few people and always the first episode I'm getting flashbacks to my thing where I was like, eh, this is kind of okay, but I'm not that interested. Is this Dollhouse? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, really. But then, like, It's not Dollhouse. That's but the I've, thing to I've, know. I've introduced the show to two people, and both times I was like, we're watching two episodes tonight, okay? Because I know that if... It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's maybe, a two-hour movie. It's a two-hour movie. It's, it's, a, two-hour movie. it's, it's, a, maybe, it's a maybe after episode one. <laughs> it's a, oh, hell yeah, after episode two, and it, it fucking stays. So stick with it. I shouldn't have to tell you that, but the first episode, and people have like my attention span sometimes, and that can happen. Fucking orphan black. Yeah. Trey was right. So I, so I turned. I think props, you were. Props, I think, props, you, props, I think props. you were the first to fall. Then Brian only recently. Yeah, has seen just it. like last week or so. And yeah. and Mike, have you seen orphan black? Not yet. Oh, okay. I may, son. I, I, <laughs> son. Listen. Dude. You finally I, watched West Wing. That's good. exactly. Yeah, that's right. I Pat. just that's watched right. the West Wing. Looks like it. Okay. I, I, it's really, it's really interesting. Here, this is what, how backed up. I here's am. what's so fun for me about Orphan Black is I literally the reason I the reason I know about it because I don't have cable. I don't you know I don't follow BBC America. I'd, I haven't but, talked to a person in three years. Exactly. That's true. Um, and what's weird about it is it's people go when's that on? It's like it's on BBC America. It's what's on after Doctor Fucking Who. How do you not know about that show? Um, and what's what's it's not between anything. Exactly. That's the problem. Well, that's they what just, that's what tells us about you know everything that everyone knows about how shows become popular is now dead because people are like who watches Doctor Who on cable on BBC <laughs> America nobody so like the idea that there's a show after Doctor Who is like after Doctor Who I turn off the computer what are you it's talking like, about I'll find out about it after it's canceled on Netflix exactly so, uh, so I'm probably gonna love that show in four years when it's on Netflix it's gonna be awesome and, and many people will I'm sure but uh, the the I just happened to see some article that said, you know, BBC America's got this new show starting tonight called Orphan Black. It's really quite, you should check it out. Um, and wherever it was, the, you know, the iTunes or wherever offered the first episode free, like they do, you know, on, online to, right. to, to you know, get, they want to hook get, you. get you interested. And so I was like, all right, Orphan Black, what the hell? Let's check it out. You know, BBC America, they do fun stuff. Um, I, I watched it and I was like, huh, 
Um, and and in in a move I rarely make, um, I was like, all right, all right, you know, money's tight, but I'm going to risk a season pass purchase on you. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, I went right from the pilot to season pass. Boy, did that pay off. And I said, well, I said on Twitter, I said, you better not piss me off, Orphan Black. <laughs> you better not fucking falling skies me. That's like, all I'm saying. Because the first episode isn't like horribly boring, but it also doesn't live up to the Orphan Black hype. Yeah, but I was like, I was like, but but if you, is, there's enough there. Like, for me, it was like, I like the lead actress. This is seems really smart. It yeah. seems really, you know, it's not stupid. I, there wasn't a moment where I went, oh, this is just going to be dumb. Um, There's only like two moments that are approaching stupid in the entire season. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I took the risk. And so then, but then it just kept getting better and better. What's really bad. And then I, that's when I started banging the drum, like Orphan Black, you guys, oh my God, you have to watch Orphan Black. Um, a couple of people in the forums I know, you know, have gotten on board. And so far, I haven't seen anyone yet. It may have happened, but I haven't seen anyone go, boy, you certainly sold me a bum steer that time. Everyone goes, oh my God, Orphan Black. Are you kidding me? It's great. Um, but what I'm really pleased about is the fact that it's getting recognition out in the world. She got nominated. She got, well, she, the thing that happened was it, it, the ratings are shit. The ratings are terrible. Um, but podcasts are talking exactly. about it, so it's okay. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is the ratings are terrible, but the buzz is huge. The social media, you know, I wasn't alone. Everyone was going, oh, my God, Orphan Black, you guys have to watch Orphan Black. That's what happened with Mad Men, and then Mad yeah. Men became Mad Men. They're very active. They have a very active Twitter account that's actually very fun and very engaging and will actually dialogue with you. Um, the Orphan Black on Twitter is fun. Um, and and they, they, they follow me. You know, <laughs> they, they follow me because I was one of the early ones going, Orphan Black, it's awesome. They follow me. They'll retweet you. If, you know, they're, they're, Jay's a little bit starstruck I right am. There. I was like, Orphan Black talks to me on Twitter. It's fantastic. Um, it's not Tatiana Maslany. I know it's not her in person. She has her own account, though. No, she's got like six of them. You see, yeah, she does. Yeah, she has six accounts. No, spoiler. But, um, but I like, you know, they're doing everything right. They're doing, you know, they're, they're really pushing the social media aspect which they need to, yeah. you know, that's where the buzz is coming from. The, and and the first breakthrough was uh, Tatiana Maslany, which I hope I'm pronouncing. I'm that's close. I know I've got the syllables right. Yeah. Um, she was nominated for a Critics' Choice Acting Award, um, which which you're she, goddamn right she did. She was and she was and she was up against you know Vera Farmiga from from the thing Bates Bates Motel and and uh, and uh, Homeland and all, you know, all the all the oh yeah the great actresses in television right now and she won. Boom. And that made, you know, and, and there's a lot of crossover between Critics' Choice people and Emmy voters. So a lot of people went, what, who is that and what does she win for? You know, uh, right. what is that show? So That's a lucky break. So that really kicked off BBC America to go, hey, we really might have something here. So they've been doing a massive, massive push on her for an Emmy nomination, which I think she's got a pretty good shot at an Emmy nomination. A win, who knows? But Nom, anyone who's seen three episodes to, of that you, show You knows. just make, well, and then if it gets a nomination, that makes people aware in the broader picture that that show exists and right. people are going to yeah, start just watching Yeah, just a nomination will help tremendously raise, yeah. the, raise, the, raise it on the radar. Um, a win will be awesome. You know, that would be like great. But they're really pushing on it really hard, um, doing a lot of press, Entertainment Weekly covers, all that kind of stuff. But um, it's, all to, it's all getting people to discover the show and I you know I see it on Twitter every day because Orphan Black will retweet it someone else would go oh my god Orphan Black you guys are you kidding me well, how did I know you know or Patton Oswalt's like oh my god best show ever you know Damon yeah, Lindelof yeah. is going oh holy shit it's amazing you know so again every time a name discovers Orphan Black they retweet it um, the good news is fairly early on even before this really started to happen they renewed it 
So it's already coming That's back. That's good news. It's coming back. And already. if she wins an Emmy, they're going they're just gonna say yeah, yes to four seasons. They're gonna come back and anyway. So um I'm just really glad that it's like because I, I can't remember a parallel. You keep backing winning horses, we know. I know. Well, no, I can't think of another time when I like I really got out and I said, No, seriously, you guys, this Barack Obama guy is gonna go all the way, I'm telling you. <laughs> well um I, on such a long shot. Yeah, like, yeah. This is a long shot. I was gonna say like unforgiven and uh, Constantine, but those are like you that's that's a known quantity. Well, those are tried and true. Yeah, yeah those th- are known quantities. This one was like this okay, is like based on one pilot. I think it's gonna work. Based on one pilot, I think this might be something to watch. Um, so. so Trey's been beating the drum for <laughs> Orphan Black. I've been, and this will make sense after you've seen Orphan Black. I've been beating the drum for just whatever Felix says. Always listen to Felix. Yes. <laughs> We in all the in all the Tatiana Maslany. No one ever hype, listens to Felix, and they always should have. We have to also acknowledge uh, Jordan Gavaris, I believe is his name, yeah. um, who plays her her brother, her her, her, um, her foster, foster brother. brother. They're not actually related. Um, should, we, is, should we should we mention the th- the whole thing about that actor versus Felix? Because I feel like that's the sort of thing you should be surprised by after the season. Yeah. Well, he's well. They both play British, um, and neither one is British. They're both right. Canadian. But um, one of the things that's amazing about uh, Jordan Gavaris's character of Felix is. He is he is the gayest character that has ever been on television ever. Yeah, and, and I've lived through like Jim J. Bullock and Paul Lind, you know. So I'm he's the Paul Lind was pretty gay. the most. He's the gayest gay character, like gay sexual predator level. Yeah, exactly. Getting like, laid to night. He's gay. a he's a he's a rent boy. He's you know he's a, he's right. actually a rent boy. He's that he's that you know ter- stereotypical gay, and yet. I don't know what the magic is, but you know, it's not like it's like I'm instead of going, oh my god, what an insulting stereotype. I, I watch him and I go, finally, someone has done like a real gay person <laughs> on television. You know, it's like that's that's and what we, I mean. Gay people come in all kinds. You know, let me just you know throw that out there so I don't get the emails. But but hello, but exactly. But there are. I don't know, Mike. That sounded pretty. I good. come. I, I come. I'm sorry, but I come from the theater. Those guys do exist. Yeah. They yeah, are yeah, out yeah. there. And I have worked with them. And he, he like nails that level of that guy yeah. so perfectly. Like, in like a way that I've level never seen of cliche with still being believable. Exactly. Yeah. It's like those He's, guys are real. They do they do walk among us. It's because it's the it's the I think it's honestly I think it's the type of personality that he's playing. Because he's playing like sort of like the caddy gay friend, but totally nails it and I wonder like what the fuck the alchemy is because the actor is clearly amazing and I watched a little behind the scenes thing with him yeah. uh, which is great and I guess I'll just tell you here's the deal with that guy the actor when you're watching Orphan Black you'll never spot it in a million years I have British friends who didn't spot it not British in fact has a very very southern sounding accent yeah. he's actually got kind of a he's from Canada but he's got a voice that's more like this which is fucking astounding but the more important thing is he is 23 Yeah, Felix is 23 and he's talking about one of these interviews. He's like, what's, you know, what's the cool thing about playing this? He's like, well, you know, the accent's kind of fun to do. And what's really weird is 23-year-old guys don't get cast in sexual roles where they're not like just the cute guy who people come to, but they're actually like sexually aware and like kind of in control and mature in the situation and just like know what's up, are not easily jaded nor flattered and can just like own their sexuality. Like that's a role that you get after you're 30. You don't get to be 23 and play that shit because usually you're still playing a high school student. (laughs) He's like, I'm getting to do this really cool thing that I never got to do before and no one really gets to do, which is I, I, I own it. And I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't made that observation myself, but he's totally right. Like he plays... He plays like 36. Like he seems yeah. like his personality is like been around, is not impressed, is in control of him shit. You know, he knows what he's doing sort of personality. And he's fucking 23. He graduated high school like four years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus. And he's already been on television in Canada in several things. Yeah. But anyway. this, this was one where he just came in and just apparently, you know, the story is he just like Tatiana did, just nailed the audition. Just like, we're done. This is the guy. And I can this imagine is, it too. This is the one. Uh, anyway, but fucking Trey's right. Watch Orphan Black. And I'm right. Always listen to Felix. And more specifically, <laughs> Felix is always right. There you go. So West Wing. West Wing. Let's see what the gay guy is looking at. Yeah. <laughs> West Wing's really good. <laughs> now, had you literally uh, never you. seen West Wing? I hadn't seen it. This was a f- I, because not at all, not no, ever, not okay. Yeah, wow. aside from like people posting the clips from from uh, two so, cathedrals. Or who's, whatever. who's your favorite character? What's your favorite episode? Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about our favorite galaxy. Is it Mrs. Landingham? It's Mrs. Landingham, isn't it? <laughs> somebody, somebody asked me that, and I'm like, I'm not even sure. Uh, but because uh, there's a lot of good stuff in it, there's. Uh, um, it definitely, you know, like you guys said, there was definitely a shift in focus once Sorkin left yeah. uh, a little bit. The only major stylistic change I noticed, and I tweeted about this, I was, I was like, Leo's like a dick now, for <laughs> out of nowhere. He's yeah. just a dick all the time. Um, but other than that, it's you know they they held held onto it, and and things stayed pretty consistent. I mean, you know, Toby was always hysterical, and the, the thing that that's crazy about even, he, even the, when he's being a felon. The thing yeah. that's crazy about Leo is that John Spencer. In the first episode of the show, he looks like sixty-five. Mm-hmm. He died at age like fifty-two. Yeah, like yeah. he was—he was not that old. Yeah, he was, was not as old. He, as he looks was old. Yeah, and yeah. you can see him, especially in the last episodes, because he you know died in the middle of the season. I think he, yeah. he died with like you know a, a handful of episodes left yeah. to go. It's, it's toward the end of the last. Toward the end, yeah. That's right. Toward yeah. the end of the run, um, which they turned into what they had to write in. Appropriate, yeah. kind of like oh my god, really just spooky because they're. I, I don't I'm buy I'm curious it. as to what they were planning to do otherwise yeah. because because I'm, I'm it not sure that they were planning to do anything but it's because well, he was going to be VP right? yeah, yeah. I, I, which is I, one of the things I don't buy well, at I'm all sure. like anybody would go yes you should be the vice president this seems like a great idea <laughs> like, no I just hey, I Dick didn't Cheney buy it at the time Dick Cheney was vice president yeah. <laughs> it's but, true <laughs> but the difference is Dick Cheney was like yeah I'll help you find the vice president hey how about me and that, that <laughs> yeah. is how Dick Cheney became vice president right uh but obviously, uh, Leo's storyline is not that at all. Gee, Leo's thing was always, I don't want to hold office. I, I want yeah. to work for the guy who holds the office. Yeah. was always kind of his thing. Yeah. So for him to, yeah, A, on both levels. A, on a character level, for him to suddenly reverse you know, eight years of that character. Yeah. Being goodly. And then B, for anybody outside you know, actually doing the political calculation and go, yes, we want the guy with the bad ticker to be one heartbeat away from the president. <laughs> the alcoholic. Yeah, yeah the alcoholic, alcoholic drug well, addict. Shaney, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, And Shaney shot a guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, we still... Yeah. That was later. That was Leo, after. We that was when he was in office. It's much face. harder once they're in office. It's trickier. But, <laughs> but um, anyway. But yeah, it's it's a little weird. It's What's really weird, though, about that whole thing was the fact that they... In the story, they had him like have a heart attack and almost die, yeah, exactly, all that yeah. kind of stuff, and then and then you know they have to. So it's like, wow, they they really wrote that in really quite they well. Foreshadowed that <laughs> it's like, terribly well. It's, it's like if it's like if the the actor came and like, look, I'm probably going to be dead within two years. So you, let's just start a heart attack thread now. <laughs> they could have foreshadowed so you, in Chamber of Secrets, like Dumbledore sometimes takes this potion that changes his face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just in case. Just, just because happens. Dumbledore is ninety. Yeah, so sometimes he does that. Sometimes he has a little work done in a wizardy kind of a way. So, <laughs> you look great, Doc. So, so for me, when I watch The West Wing now, those first like five or six episodes for me are not the West Wing that I because it hadn't that found I think it of in my head because it hadn't found its stride and they had the Mandy thing going on and they've realized that they there was a lot there was of stuff nothing. early on and that it was more they're Sam, like it was yeah, never mind. supposed to be about Sam so Sam is kind of the lead really yeah. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's really like. 
the back half of the season, and then season two is when it's like, and now we are the West Wing, and here's here's what we are. And then when Sorkin goes, I kind of lose interest in continuing to watch myself uh, the rest of the seasons. John Wells, there's it's certainly not the. It's not. It doesn't turn terrible. Yeah, no. Not by it's, any certainly, means. it's certainly not the transcendental brilliance that Aaron Sorkin on cocaine. Like the West is. Wing yeah. loses a lot yeah. of steam, and it's only great. But there's yeah, yeah but there's still I, there's stuff that I actually do really find interesting. I I love the. Uh, uh, President Walken, John Goodman's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's just crazy. Really I wish I wish there'd been more of that. Yeah. I wish that had gone and on it's a bit like longer. The, yeah, that, that seen, resolves really fast. Yeah. I've seen people criticize it for being really contrived of setting. Oh, the vice president just happens to resign the week before. Is like, and I I get that, but to me the contrivance is totally worth the the payoff of yeah. getting to see that whole interaction and the whole ex- well and you are relieved Mr. because it's it, mm-hmm. and because it's almost and that was a really sinister like oh shit wait, this guy's gonna <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. John Goodman's gonna come in and he's gonna bring Roseanne yeah but yeah. Uh, I mean but but it's like we've talked about I I actually love that because it's it, it it's like we've talked about with other things it's like there's never when things like that happen, it's like there's always five points of failure. That's why the system is designed the way it is, yeah. you know, so that so that when things like that happen, <laughs> then, yeah. then you're ready for them, you know? It's like, okay, sure, what are the odds that that would happen? But kind of like we've talked about in, in movies and stuff, it's like, well, we're telling the story of this guy's presidency because it's the time that fucking actually yeah, happened. Yeah. For, you the, know? for those who may not be familiar with The West Wing, first of all, you should maybe watch it. Fucking but, watch it. But we're talking about we're talking about how in season like season four, was it? Season I think so, four, yeah. Around where, season four, yeah. Where they came up with a, there's a thing that can happen that just hasn't ever happened historically, but where the president can step down but isn't fully resigning the president. Yeah. I think they call it abdicate. Yeah, well, that's king. That's a word. Yeah, but, uh, but well, they may use it. But, I think but, he's recusing himself. Or recusing, yeah, recusing. It's, 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 like, there's a word that you've heard because before. Because he's but, like, it's sort of yeah. like the, the, you know, in, in the new Star Trek, he's he's emotionally compromised. Exactly. So he, so, he basically is like, I cannot do the job right now. I'm not I'm not quitting. Yeah. I'm not resigning. I'm just right, right now. Because of exter- I cannot be trusted. It's because basically. of external circumstances. Yeah. Like Nixon resigned because he was in disgrace. He was going to be going to be impeached and all that. So, so okay, like, okay. I'm not going to have your wife in a van. I'm, I'm not going to be president anymore. Okay, fine. But you know, in in West Wing, they there's a there's a process by which it can be done. It just never has happened. And someone else will come in and be president for a couple weeks. The president recuses himself. Um, for whatever period of time until the crisis is over and the chain of command works where yeah. if he, he recuses himself the vice president becomes VP but in the in the course of this story they've just lost the VP he's resigned because of a disgrace so he's not available so it goes to the speaker of the house who is this raging conservative played yeah. by John Goodman so it's about how overnight without an election the White House suddenly goes from John being, Boehner is the president goes from being liberal yeah. paradise to being there's a, suddenly as of right now for until further notice president the president Boehner. is this crazy conservative guy yeah. yeah and it's like well there's okay you found you've got my attention now yeah. I want to see if you guys know how's this. that going to play do you out? know who comes next after Speaker of the House Secretary of States who comes after that Secretary of Defense I believe you sure no 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 uh, I think Senate a majority leader doesn't it go to the pro tem yeah it goes to President pro tem right the Senate yeah. Fucking and it goes all the way down to like nothing. It really does. It go goes. All the way to, down it goes to the cabinet. Well, have yeah. you seen? Yeah, have you yeah. seen the first S- episode Secret- of Battlestar Galactica? The yeah. Secretary of Agriculture Secret- could end up president. Exactly. Well, and, and West Wing does it too, where where somebody has somebody in the line of succession can't go to the State of the Union. Yeah. Just it, in case exactly. a bomb goes off. Right. Oh yeah. And it's funny because so, unrelated, to which that, is but, one of my favorite scenes of West Wing, is right before Bartlett leaves to give the State of the is, Union. I think he literally is the Secretary of Agriculture. It's yeah, the Secretary of the Interior, Agriculture, comes in and Bartlett gives him all the. 
advice. Yeah, just in case you end up being president tonight. <laughs> yeah. Here's my advice. Here's what you yeah. do. You got yeah. a best friend? Are you smarter than you? Yeah. Anyway, but uh, just un- un- related to that, but separate, I was just looking at the uh, the line, for the, the, line yeah. for the throne in England. Uh, where you're just like, okay, if 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 they die, then this. If they die, then this. If they, it goes down to like 45 spots. And what's crazy is like like 39. Or 40. And at a certain point, they're like, you know, fuck it. No, yes, at 39 or 40, they're all named. John Goodman, King Ralph. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. All, they're all named. Like they yeah. know right now on paper who is who. Because it's all by blood. So exactly. You can rap, and you can like by it, yeah. 39 or 40, it's literally just this lady in Germany. Not like <laughs> yeah. not like a, like a fucking government official. Just some lady in Germany yeah. because this was that was the Duke of the this 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 this. So if the other 38 die it's her just some random lady in germany <laughs> that's crazy it's one of those weird things just yeah, brumhilda over there I, is going to be the queen as soon as i have the spare it's only apparently it's only 100 bucks are you guys aware of this uh this thing 23 and me no yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh see right yeah 23 and me is like literally i have, I have a lot of friends who have done it yeah i, I, want, do I it still want to do it yeah um, it's 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 kind of a weird kind of a twee name for what it is though it sounds like some kind of like children's group or something but 20 for what sounds like a documentary it does 20 yeah 23 up uh, yeah. 23 and me i believe and i think that's the website as well yeah is literally like it's like 100 bucks or so for the basic kit um you give them their 100 bucks they send you a little kit you do the swab and they'll analyze your dna and they'll do your whole dna thing they'll tell you how much neanderthal dna you have Ooh, yep. they'll tell you they'll they'll everyone they'll sequence and, your genome basically. they'll totally sequence your genome and and they'll say okay you have markers for diabetes you know anything that's it's that They'll, they, we know that they'll, they'll tell you and they'll map your chart in terms of well 8,000 other people have submitted this kit you're related to that guy in, <laughs> in five different steps you're related to you know you, they can, you can sort of see where your genetic ancestry well you're mostly British you came over from here so uh, it hadn't even occurred to me but probably every once in a while you might hit the jackpot in one of those and go you're also 27th in line for, <laughs> for Queen of Norway so how about that you know and who knew yeah, probably yeah <laughs> so you could you could if things go a certain way you could be head of the Netherlands that's just how it works that's great <laughs> So I totally want to do that because apparently just you, know, you don't know what you're going to get out of it. It's like, you know. No, well, I'm, I'm going to do that. Next paycheck I, to- I get, yeah, I'm doing I totally that. There's, um, I think it was like a 60 Minutes thing a long time ago or something, but there's some tribe in Africa, in an African tribe, dark-skinned mm-hmm. African people, uh, who claim to be descendants, you know, of the Jewish line of, you know, I think it's Elijah or whatever the, the Jewish line of descent is. But Elijah never came. How could he have kids? Yeah. Yeah. Get it? It's probably what? not. It's probably not Elijah, but whoever it is, uh, they the claim Maccabees. to be. Su- they claim to be sons of something, Ju- and you know, one of the claim twelve Jewish, tribes. Yeah, yeah, claim a Jewish heritage, and so they. Whether it was twenty three <laughs> yeah. and me, I don't well, think it was we'll twenty three and me. Well, just look at your DNA, Mr. African people. Yeah, they came along. They sequenced the genome, and sure enough, there it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh shit, they're not bullshitters. <laughs> no, we're talking about this whole thing. Oh where it's like, I thought you were black, but turns out you're Jews. You could accidentally so. accidentally become like the king of the fucking Netherlands or something. Just pick a thing. <laughs> exactly. I have an idea for a comedy. There you go. <laughs> I'm thinking Seth Rogen and Andy. They Sandler. haven't made that already. Well, that's what King Ralph is. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what he... And there's Trading Places. Yeah. Which sort of. And Coming to America. Which Co- I guess the other way. Most Eddie Murphy movies. Norbit. Yeah. Also about that. He becomes the queen <laughs> sure. of Djibouti. Dream Girls. Yeah. Dream Girls. <laughs> yeah. Dream Girls. That's all about Djibouti. Are we uh, are we sticking to just TVs and movies? We're going to no, do books as well. And we just did genetic websites. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, I got a couple book recommendations too. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, well, um, if 
I know I've probably plugged uh, the Mars trilogy before. It's I oh, yes. fully aware that it's not yeah. everybody's thing and probably most people's not thing. Hi, I'm Teague. I'm the guy with ADD. <laughs> yes, but, do power through Red Mars. It's awesome. Yeah. But if it is your thing, uh, Kim Stanley Robinson, the same author, just came out very I think last year, sometime last year, but I just read it. Uh, basically, a sequel to that to that universe. Oh. It's, it's entire future history that goes. The Mars trilogy goes like 200 years into the future yeah. or 250 or something like that. And then this book, which is called 2312, goes I think another like 100 years uh, into it. It cool. goes to the year 2312, and it's like a, a sort of a political intrigue thing. But the entire on Mars though, no, actually not on, not at all on Mars except for one minor scene at the end. Uh, the plot is the whole solar system. Like the, the setting is the solar system itself: Mercury, Venus, uh, Titan, um, Io. Europa. Uh, they mention Europa, but they don't go there. But anyway, uh, just name if, check. <laughs> if, uh, it's underground. If, Nobody goes there. If the Mars trilogy is your thing, I highly recommend it. And I'm also going to plug, because uh, he just started updating again, what uh, Mike initially turned me on to many, many moons ago. Yeah, Harry Potter ago. and the Methods of Rationality. This is the only thing in the world. Stop encouraging Brian. Did, did, <laughs> my, did, Mike, did Mike start you on that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well. He's just, it's just that he's kept up with it and I, I haven't. See. So now it's like he's it's recommending it back to yeah. me. <laughs> this is this Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality is literally the only thing that I will evangelize in my life. I will make small talk with people, and if Harry Potter comes up at all, I go. Have you read the? You've got to read this. I was. We literally went to Whimsic. Uh, some friends and I went to Whimsic Alley, which is the Harry Potter store on Wilshire, and I was making small talk with the clerks behind the counters. Like, have you read? You were wearing Ravenclaw. You've. Hey, have you read this? Anyway, uh, he's just because Harry ends up in Ravenclaw. In the, exactly. In methods he, of rationality. In, in fan fiction, he's in Ravenclaw. And of no, there's no other reason to want to associate yourself with Ravenclaw unless you've read it. Ravenclaw, is my, Ravenclaw is my house because of this fan fiction. Jeez. Anyway, uh, he just started. The author just started updating. So, and there's another. Um, How much story is there? arc? Like I have, no, I have no sense of the scope. He's of basically he he's basically writing the whole series as a, as one yes. go. And all are, are and they novel length? It's he's beyond like a, novel length now. Yeah, I th- I think he's they're long. Into they're the, long chapters. Yeah. They're long chapters, and he just posted ninety three the other day. Is he a good writer? He's, yes, I think it's it's one of my it's favorite very good. things of all. It's time. very good writing. It really, honestly, may be my favorite like good fiction. Yeah. Interesting. This is what's so sad about this. After all this hype, like what, literally like three weeks ago, or like I looked it up, I got about five pages in. I was like, nope, and, uh, and oh really? And ran like a ran like bat out of hell. All right, did not do it. Me, I mean, you know, maybe it was. I may give it another shot. But I was like reading, going, really? It's like it was like it was like the marmite of of you know, <laughs> like wow. So there's a whole continent where people eat this as food that's interesting <laughs> but i don't understand so okay. fair enough so. but anyway it's one of my favorite things in the world so it, because it's being updated right now <laughs> well I, I, I again i was it. like i can't i'm shocked and i don't understand it's not like i, I can give you good reasons like, but you're you're insane i was like what's wrong with me that i didn't <laughs> get that at all I, I something must be wrong with me speaking of like the kim stanley robinson thing just talking about sci-fi books i've been reading for the last few months i started by reading a book called old man's war by John Scalzi. Yeah, yeah. I've heard uh, a lot of good things about which is that. A, it's it's a great good. book, and I'll give you the pitch it's in, a couple, in a couple He's sentences. Yeah. It's basically in future Earth, not not far future, a couple hundred years future. Uh, when you turn like 65, you have the option to sign up for what is effectively the draft that you know it's going to happen to you. And then when you turn 70, if you've signed up for it at 65, they will just take you off planet, revitalize you, and you get to live way longer, but you are drafted into the colonial union, you know, Starfleet force of people. So they kind of, you know, basically give you a new body 
put your consciousness into a new body. You're a young person, but you're like way super strong. You've got smart blood that like always does this and always does that. And you can jump far and all that shit. And they use you to fight in their war. Yeah. And it sets up this sort of little universe in this one little book called Old Man's War. And it's great. Read yeah. it. But then he got really fucking obsessed with that universe and wrote like 75 sequel books. Which like, are not as good. I've read... They're okay. I've, well, they're okay. They're totally different is the thing. Like, it's more like... I haven't so, read any of the sequels. I haven't it's basically it. like, you know how if you like a movie, you'll watch the deleted scenes? It's like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the second one is Ghost Brigades and the third one, I forget the name of it, but that's what I'm reading well, now. Well, it just came out um, recently. Yeah. The, the Last Colony. The Last Colony, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And I'm on The Last Colony and Old Men's War is far and away like the one to read. Uh, but I'm really digging the other ones too. There's um, also the Human Division, which yeah, he was releasing serially. Yeah, and out, he yeah. just released. It oh, is that how it is? Because I'm trying to figure out how on the Kindle store there's like 75 fucking old man's yeah. war books. Yeah, he, re- well, he released, released the Human like Division serially, like yeah. uh, like a like fucking Green yeah. Mile, like little bits. Yeah, we did like yeah. Dickens did. But uh, Old Man's War is 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 awesome, and it's really fun. Yeah, I think on the last grab bag, or maybe the first one, I I, I threw a one out for Robert Charles Wilson and uh, Spin and uh, yep. Well, you know, I just the Chronoliths, but I just those out too. I just got the latest Humble. Bundle, which check that out if you haven't uh, aware of, especially right now, uh, if you read, listen to this time. Humble Bundle, if you're not aware of it, is um, every so often uh, this company will offer a package of a bunch of things. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's games, sometimes it's books. They're always indie, though. Yeah, they're the thing, usually yeah. indies. Um, where it's at a it, basically it's at a price. You pay your own price. It's like here here are five ebooks, and you can set your own price. We'd like you to pay about twelve. For this, you can pay a thousand if you want to. Um, and or realistically, you, you're going to pay a dollar. And then you can, then you can even. Well, they, well, what they do to yeah. incentivize that is they is they have two ebooks or whatever it is, yeah. uh, two ebooks, two games. They have a couple of them where it's like, you know, here's the package that you get of these six whatever games books. Yeah. If you pay at or above the average purchase price, twelve dollars. Yeah, twelve dollars. Say twelve dollars. Yeah. Then, then you get these you get, other you get two extra as part yeah. of the as oh, part of the bundle. Nice. So, okay. so. and I and I wonder if that's. I've always. I haven't really looked into it enough to know for sure. I wonder if that's a rolling average where if you go, oh, I'm going to pay fifteen. Does the average then go up like by a penny for the math for the overall? Average? Early on, I think that's true because every so, time because I'll look at the average. Literally, and you are changing the average if you pay above the average. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it's sort of an early bird reward as well and things like that. And there's a, there's so many people. Uh, there gets to be like I'm looking at the site right now. There's almost thirty one thousand people who have yeah. bought. So there's really no way to affect the average beyond a couple of yeah, cents at this point. Yeah, now it's kind of locked. Bill Gates yeah. accepts your challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, How about fifty billion dollars? But then you can also what you can also do is you there's these little sliders right there on the page where you can adjust. Uh, how much of your what you pay? Some of it you can go all of it to charity, some of it to charity, oh, some of it to the authors, that's cool. some of it to the humble bundle people who are doing this for you, you know, setting this up for you. And you can literally just slide it. So you go, okay, I'm paying twelve ninety five. I want four dollars to go to the authors. I want two dollars to go to like a charity. fingering bank accounts. Exactly. It's really like and all that. Um, anyway, so they just I bought their first humble bundle. That's how I got Old Man's War because it was in that bundle. Um, that's how I got that. They just came out with the new bundle this week, um, and it has among other things. It has uh, Just a Geek by Will Wheaton, which I haven't read. Yeah, um, that's had, the above the average. Exactly. You have to get that. It has Spin, and I was like, oh, I was spin. Ma- been meaning to get that one. I love Spin. Um, and it's got one other one. It's got The Last Unicorn, which is a famous uh, classic mm-hmm. fantasy. Uh, are you thinking Bone Shaker? Bone Shaker or was, was brother. one I'd heard of um, before. And uh, with the uh, Little Brother? 
Yeah. yeah Cory Doctorow, Little Brother. Yeah, Cory Doctorow. Another, he, there was a Cory Doctorow in the last one as well that I just haven't gotten to yet. Um, That's because he controls the internet. But it was the fact that but the fact that it was like, oh, it's a Will Wheaton. I haven't read any of his stuff other than his you know single essays on online and Spin, which I I have had the you know the, Spin is fun. The the free sample on my Nook forever and just haven't you know punched uh, by and I was like, all right, I'm told by. So I jumped on the whole there because I got all of them at once. It was great. Did you read Old Man's War? I did read all of them. Did you like it? I did like it. I enjoyed it. it. Like I said, it was like, okay, this is like, you know, this is troopers without the, the yeah. libertarianness sort of. of it. And, and you know, it, it, you the, immediately get what he's going for, which is like, you know, it's just a, it's a classic what if. It's like, what if old people fought wars instead of young people? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, it's all about how the, the, they have this whole different sort of way of approaching, you know, they're jaded and old about life, but they get a new life. And, then and they get like, new bodies. Exactly. And, and I love how, like, the first day of the trip, they're like, yeah. it's just devoted to sex. Go. Just go. Exactly. Just go. Yeah. They just go, oh, my God. God, we're totally gonna fuck. Just go and fuck just, each other. They just have massive sex. Um, <laughs> we're, we're superhuman, and we can have sex again. Are you shitting me? I'm 25, but 200 percent stronger. I'm 25. Let's do this. I'm 25 and immortal. Let's, like everyone let's, is beautiful. Yeah, everyone's and you know, fantastic. they're sort of like they're starting to get they're like cat people, but once they get used to it, they're, they're like, green. They have like glow in the dark eyes. Totally gonna have sex now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, but the, uh, you left out one little detail about it. it's like yeah, you get to be a young new young person and you serve your five year term or whatever, which you probably aren't going to yeah, survive. Not everyone makes it. That's the thing. But I think the number they give in the old man's war is like seventy percent. Yeah, but if you survive, well, then you get a whole second life. You know, yeah, you exactly. And, they, and life. they put you, they take you out of your super body and put you into just yeah, like a, you in a, a revitalized, body. young but not yeah. super body, and you live out your life on another yeah. planet. It's a fun, it's a fun concept, and they have fun with it. The first know. sequel, uh, Ghost, Ghost Brigades, Brigade. is about an entirely different set of people. Like one character is there for a second, so it's sort of connecting it. The third sequel, or I'm sorry, the third book is uh, is about John Perry, the same character from the first. So if you want to just keep following him. The third book is the one I'm on now, and it's about him, which is cool. Anyway, fucking read Spin and read Old Man's War. So now I now I own Spin. I, you know, I what got is it. Spin? It's uh, one day the stars went out. Okay. Uh, it's a it's it's a hard sci-fi. Is I it guess. Core Two? The Coroning? No. Yeah. Uh, but it's really cool, and the explanation for why the stars went out is more interesting than the pitch. So I was like, okay, now you fucking have my attention. That's cool because yeah, that's all about. If you, if you can up the ante from your you know high concept first I've, I've, line because I've I've got the I've had the sample for ages and and the sample is is it's the sample starts well into the era after the stars have gone out so it's already like you know the kids are like well you know there used to be like stars in the sky all the time it's kind of weird to think about but you know, apparently there used to be stars um, so so for me it's like okay I can see it's all about the dismount with this it's like okay if you get to the point when you tell me why the stars went out. And I don't call bullshit that you you have my heart, you know, forever and ever. I love you. It's uh, so. one of those things where the first two thirds were outstanding and the last third was great. Like not outstanding, but like fucking at least they got that question and they didn't like yeah. do some weird J.J. Abrams thing where the answer is <laughs> feelings, <laughs> feelings, <laughs> Finny. That was the whole thing. It turned out it was feelings or or the Stephen King ending where it's like. The answer is, oh no, something exploded. Yeah, the answer, the answer is, um, y- y- your dad never loved you. Yeah. No, seriously, <laughs> 95% of Stephen King books, and he can't figure it out, so he just blows the whole thing up or burns it down. That's did Stephen you read, King. Did you read 112263? I did. The ending on that one kind of worked. Yeah. That, uh, 112263 was, I think that's my favorite Stephen King novel of the last 10 years. I would yeah. say... I haven't read Joyland. Yeah, Joyland's pretty good. Joyland's, I, just, I would, Joyland's just pulp. Joyland's just yeah. him writing... You know, I like it. I like. I, I kind of had high hopes for it because it wasn't him writing one of his big, thick books. It was like... One of his Lovecrafts. It, yeah. 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 It, was one of his, it was one of his, you know, let's go... It's like... it's like Which he can't do very well anymore. I'll the Green Mile, which is like, okay, yeah. you know, what if I go back to the old days when you just had to get a novel done in like 45 days... And just 
tell a good story and you know something that'll make a good cover painting and get it out there and yeah so so it's just you know it's how we used to work way back when and it's you know we talked about it at some stuff, point I think uh, we talked about it at some point I don't even remember what episode it was as opposed to his new stuff where he's like what if a bagel had teeth and he spends like <laughs> two thousand pages yeah. fucking writing about that damn bagel <laughs> okay. well I, th- I think that for me for me that, wow. that for me that really that really well he his what ifs are still good his what ifs are still solid he's still like, Stephen King he's not like, faking that it's like the thing is but but like for me for me when he when he jumped the show was cell was yeah. like okay I, what I if what if a signal went out on a cell phone and made everyone an insane murderous zombie awesome and he gets to the end like so why did that happen steven uh i, I, don't, I, I, I don't know it just mm-hmm. did no the cool idea about, though right we talked about it somewhere which is like well yeah we talk a lot about writing on this and other podcasts that we do and uh stephen king has a very odd approach because you know you talk to you know he bill just, goldman and he's like it's all about story stephen king he just likes s- characters and situations and, and, he, he, and he basically improvises he the rest starts, of the book yeah, yeah. it's crazy he, he says that in in he does writing. not like outline he no. doesn't do any of that shit no, he, he just starts with characters and writes them he out. has a yeah. tremendous disdain in fact for structure and plot he just wants to start he yeah. starts with an idea and he goes okay if that happened if a bagel grew teeth like what would happen to people how would they react and most and the, of them are and and the writing is very becomes, honest in his defense it yeah. becomes very well like under the dome i started reading and i gave up on it because it was so predictable like it, it's like okay steven you're just phoning it in now because these are all the same kinds of characters it's true it really, it's, 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 it's salem's lot under a dome it's yeah. you know it's it's like okay then it's a small town everyone's got repressed issues yeah. The, ex- the external force pushes everyone into one little small space and they all lose their shit. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's kind of familiar. But even so. more specific than that, it's like, okay, you know, this guy's the super religious villain. This guy's the guy who's kind of religious but has a dark secret and he, he has these weird swear words that he always uses. There's the like, closet lesbian. Yeah, exactly. There's, <laughs> it's, it's all always, everyone's always thinking in the same exact obscure song lyrics for some reason. It's like Stephen King bumps the book third from the right on his bookshelf and opens up the panel of all of his characters. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like okay, I've got one of these. So yeah, it was like I, I was okay with Under the Dome. For me, it, you know, I was like it was a little familiar. It was like oh okay, you know, I, I know how this works. But but um, for me, Under the Dome just just blew the dismount, which is like you know okay, so why was there a fucking dome? And it just the explanation for that was like really, Steve. That was boy, I thought your cell dismount was lame, but you know, wow, this one was even worse. I never finished Under the Dome. Can we do like a spoiler blockade for thirty oh, seconds? Oh, just go, just go read the Wikipedia. Is there Wik- oh, yeah, there's the whole Wikipedia on it. Yes, it, and it's it's not like the idea was bad, but the execution was like wow, that was really oh, okay. The I'm, idea actually, the idea is actually kind of okay. I'm okay with the idea of what they did. It's just the execution didn't really quite work i mean it's really it's really and it makes me curious about what they're going to do with the series um it's really the only explanation that really would have made any kind of sense the original the actual ending it's just that the execution of it is kind of hard to 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 visualize and turn into a says like story yeah. king says they changed it for the for the show Shit, you're not kidding about it. everything blows up yeah for 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 <laughs> which for, is for for, for for that concept is great yeah, yeah. for for it's one thing really horrifying yeah i, I mean for one thing he uh um he he does acknowledge he was like yeah they because people asked him and he's like so apparently there's some major changes he's like yeah well number one a lot of people hated the what I had so fuck it <laughs> yeah. and number two and and number two like even the people who liked it if you know what the ending is why are you gonna watch the show so yeah. you know we went ahead and changed it so. you know I've never actually read any Stephen King fiction. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, 
Every time you guys talk about Stephen King, read Pet Cemetery. That's good. Pet Cemetery, Salem's Lot, scary. If you want a recent one that's good, I, I like from Buick Eight. I think you would really like the Eleven Twenty Three Sixty. Eleven Twenty Three Sixty Three is really good. That's, I, I would agree that that's his strongest one in a long time. Yeah, yeah. but the, um, the previous one before that that I liked a lot was from a Buick Eight. Salem's Lot is great. Carrie is a great quick, yeah. choppy sure. read. Um, Sounds like uh, Cujo. If if you at Cujo, you can see. Yeah. I don't necessarily recommend it, but Cujo, as you can see, it's all about character situation. You get to the end, it's like, well, that's how that one played out. And everyone yeah. kind of goes, well, damn, Steve Downer. It's yeah. called Cujo. Fuck <laughs> yeah, you. Exactly. But it's like, well, that's kind of how it ended. So okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, bummer. I guess, but all right. Don't start with the stand. The stand yeah. will aggravate you. Yeah. You have to already like Stephen King. To but like I, oh, but I love the stand don't so hard. The stand, the stand was when the, they came out with the, the stand is like that. When thing. they came out with the the full version of the stand, the 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 uncut version of the stand, I was like, oh heaven, oh my the god, first, heaven. The, I mean, he added six hundred pages. The stand yeah. is the stand is a perfect example of of starting you know, somewhere and thing. going. It's it's ninety percent awesome, and then that last ten percent, which is uh, and then just had to. He's like, shit, I gotta. I got yeah. other things to do. I got to just wrap this up. I've been writing this book for a whole four months. Do you realize how much I write? This book yeah. is 6,000 pages. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Seriously, it's like that thick. I'm, I'm, it's good up until the ending just kind of the goes, last, and the then last, the end. The I'll, last 1,000 pages is not as good. I have to say, I like the, I'm okay with the ending of The Stand because the ending of The Stand fits the story. Um, and it's like it's like the stand is a is a story that Christians should love. If there's a Christian out there who doesn't love the ending of the stand, was like, well, then you don't understand your, what your own religion teaches. Then fuck you. What's funny but, is uh, how it's like simultaneously like that's the book where it's like, so what's Trey Stokes like? I'm like, well, his favorite book's The Stand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he seems nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The stand. It's not if it's my favorite book, but it's 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 great. It's a, I like it a lot. I really enjoy it. Um, but I like you know so, like I like I thought it was a, I liked it. It's a good book. That's enjoy- the first one. That's the first yeah. one I read. I enjoyed yes. it. I mean, that's a thick, big, thick book. I like the one. The um, the one about the old people who, who insomnia. 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 I thought was insomnia is another one of those. Stephen King is a very Christian moral guy in yeah. the stories he tells, um, which is weird because you know, oh, he's all macabre and dark. It's like he's pretty. He, he's not a practicing fundamentalist he's Christian. He's an Old Testament kind he's of guy. He's a very he, he's like he's like okay if the Old Testament God is real, this is how shit happens. This is how <laughs> the stuff breaks down. Because yeah, the stand is all about the Old Testament God. Hello, yeah. you see a lot of that in Desperation too. Desperation, Desperation is a good one. Desperation is really yeah twisted and creepy and and pairs well with the uh, the regulators. Yeah, um, I didn't like the regulators much, but Desperation is definitely also yeah De- Desperation. The Old Testament God literally is a character in Desperation. Yeah. Um, Desperation is fun and TV movie that was pretty satisfying as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, but yeah, start with like early King if you want just like fun, scary. For me, well, what I was going to say was the way you guys tend to talk about his stories, I feel like I don't really need to get around to Stephen King. Yeah, there are some, there are some, just there are some like winners. The, I just feel like the end. Yeah. Every time you guys talk about you know him screwing up the ending, I well, feel that's like Mike. I I'm, I'm I will I would, uh, I will I would get ninety five percent of his endings. No, I disagree with that figure. Right. Um, what I would say is uh, the one of the. I read this. It wasn't the first one I read, but it was one of the early ones I read that really made me like him a lot. He had like a little anthology of short stories. I think it was called a lot Four, of those. Four Past Midnight. Four Past Midnight was, was the one that I read. The, yeah. fir- was the those first are, one of those, those that I read. Actually, that's the one with the body and the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's a. Uh, that's uh, different seasons. De- different seasons. Yeah. Four Past Midnight Four Past had, had uh, short stories. Yeah. The Library Policeman. The, the Island. Uh, the Sun Dog. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the one with the guy on the island by himself. Yes, yes. Uh, but that's no. That, that book, was that was in Skeleton, Skeleton Crew, Crew which is the other collection yeah, of no, short but, stories. In any case, yeah. the little short story collections, 
Start with those. Sure. Those are those just are, came out with one too. I've got it right here on my. Those on are my, those are great, and, and you will you will uh, read those. And regardless, like you're not setting yourself up oh, for like a two, sunset, yeah. you're just not setting yourself sunset. up for like a two thousand page story. Yeah. Right. So you won't be like fucking <laughs> Steve. If you don't nail this, I will. I have wasted three weeks on this goddamn book. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, those I, are like you'll read them in like an afternoon, and they're all great, and you can appreciate Stephen King's writing, yeah. and not like put in a huge one year investment. It's funny you should mention because just after sunset is another collection of of short stories. That's one of his most recent releases um which i have i haven't read all the stories um but there's one talk about a, a character in a situation there's one that's about a guy i swear to god who's trapped in a porta potty oh yes which yeah. is which is like and it's like it's steve okay now just that's like a parody your, of stephen king but yeah but wrap your mind around stephen king wrote a short story about a guy Trapped in a porta party. Yes, I want to read it. Actually, what's <laughs> your point? If you, if you don't think it's pretty fucking horrifying, you uh, don't know Stephen King. Yeah. Actually, that re- that reminds me of uh, as long as the Golgotha doesn't like come out and. I really liked. Uh, I really liked Gerald's game. Yeah, surprisingly, and that's, simple little story. That's a, that's another one about. Well, like, um, you just hear the pitch and you're like, "How is that a whole book?" But yeah. it totally is. Also, is one that- of his like throwaway books. I think it's called Thinner. 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 Oh, that's that's a, that's a, I like. I like that's Thinner. It's a, a Bachman. That's a Bachman book. Oh, I totally. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Well, no, he's, he's been outed for twenty years. Yeah, but it, like his his other pen. But that's why it feels a little different. Because well, Bachman was his Bachman was his pseudonym when he wanted to go back and write. I just you know stuff. when I wanted to write my old pulpy you know yeah. paperback stuff. So, now it comes with his name on it. Exactly. So, but uh, thinner, the long walk. I like thinner a lot. Yeah. It's just Running horrifying. Man. Running just, Man was a Bachman. It's just someone puts a curse on him and says. You, you will get thinner now and he's just wasting away yeah. and he can't stop it and no, now the doctors yeah. know what's happening he's just losing he's just emaciating that's all what's happening yeah. Yeah. and it's one of those slow burn horror stories where it's like alright fucking Stephen King this is the thing people don't like you for because it's <laughs> yeah. scary as shit stop yeah I mean it's, he does he does these like you know um Sometimes they'll do this uh, entire story that's someone in someone's head, and one is uh, Gerald's game, one is the girl who left Tom Gordon. Um, oh yeah, and one uh, Dolores Claiborne is very much like that. Um, I think Dolores Claiborne and Gerald's game were like pairs, or, yeah. or was that Rose, Rose Matter? Crossing. Rose Matter was. Yeah, Rose he wrote Matter's them both on the one. same Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Rose <laughs> Matter is another one. Seriously, he, um, he wakes up at eight in the morning and writes for eight hours. That's that's his life. Yeah. Like every day, he just gets up and wherever he was at in the paragraph, just keeps typing. Like, imagine that amount of discipline as a writer where, look, it's not your job to have ideas. It's your job to fucking wake up and write yeah. every day. Yeah. That's well, what that, he does. Yeah, it's not your job to be inspired. It's your job to put words on a page. And that, I mean, that used to be like we've talked, uh, maybe we haven't talked about it, but that used to be what it was to be a writer in Hollywood. You had a nine to five, you punch, yeah. the, you punch the ticket and you better just start today, pounding out the today, fucking words. Today it's a boxing picture. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, speaking of speaking of one so more, so Brian is uninspired to check out Stephen King. What's <laughs> yeah, next? After all of our talk, about there's Stephen a handful. King. Salem's Lot, uh, Pet Cemetery. Read the early stuff, and it's pretty good. I, all right. I'll, I'll, I would say start. Well, those are good, but for your like modern but good King, I think you would also just really appreciate most of eleven twenty two sixty. Eleven twenty two sixty. Just because it's like period stuff, yeah. and it's Kennedy, and it's cool, and it's learning about Oswald and all that shit. And it's and it does right. have and the ending works. For, well, I'm know. not making any promises because I'm looking at my you know to read list right yeah. now. Okay. Got Next time you fly. Well, yeah. I've got 44 books there you go. currently okay, on my well, What's next in the list? The ending works because apparently his son came in and went, Dad, that sucks. Here's what you should do. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so, well, then the Thank you, Joe Buzz. Hill. Well, Thank you. The, the great new White Hope Buzz is, King. Is, <laughs> Buzz is, King is what I was going to say. Is Joe Hill. Um, uh, Joe Hill, a.k.a. Who I met. I met Joe Hill when he was a, a PA on the set of The Stand um, in Salt Lake City. You were on the set of The Stand? I visited the set of The Stand just because I wanted to be on the fucking set of The Fucking Stand. <laughs> um, That's two times today you've had an anecdote where you're like, I just dropped by the set because I do that. Yeah, That's exactly. Crazy. It was like, I, I, I flew 
flew myself to Salt Lake City because Steve, Steve Steve Johnson did the did the makeup effects. Oh ho! And so there we go. I didn't get a job on the stand, but I was like, "You guys are shooting the stand. I'm coming fucking to the set." Well, we're shooting in. What do you need me to carry? We're shooting in you know Salt in Colorado. I'm like, I'm on a fucking plane. Um, I literally went there just to be able to be on the set of the stand. Um, and I met I met at the time he was still going by Joe King, um, and he was a PA. He was you know just one of the guys walking around with the radio, holding up traffic and wow. stuff like that. And uh, and and man, he was the most even-tempered guy in the world when he was in clearly what was the fourth week of everybody on the crew making Joe King references. It was like, oh, there's no room for Joe King here. You must be Joe King. Because his name sounds like Joe King. Because his name is Joe King. Which is probably why he calls himself Joe Hill. Now. Yeah. Um, but uh, Army Hammer's real name is Armand. Yeah. S- write it down in your head and look at the words. It's Armand, Armand Hammer. Hammer. And he's actually like next in line, speaking of successions, for the Armand Hammer brand. Like that's the, his family. Uh, but his name I'm is probably twenty seventh if you if you look at the you're, you're the twenty seventh, <laughs> Mike Scott. I'm twenty seventh in line for for the Armand Hammer dynasty. Probably. <laughs> nice. Yeah. If you check, check out, like send out your DNA. Yeah, anyway, exactly. But joking. It's joke. I'm not. Yeah, but totally, he's totally not. Um, he's, Mike is Joe King. No, Mike is uh, <laughs> Mike's in line for the Scott Tissue uh, uh, fortune. Um, Thank so. you for that one roll of TP you just randomly sent me. <laughs> that happened. Was that Mike? Who's, no, he's who, the, if he's twenty seventh in line for Scott, okay, maybe he's the it. guy who does that. Someone just, I just got a roll of toilet like, paper. Without, I, I don't I think I've ever bought Scott happened. toilet paper. Like I'll buy like store brand shit or like two ply uh, the other brand, some other brand. But I just got a box, little box with nothing but a pre-wrapped piece of toilet like roll of toilet paper in it said hi we're scott and i'm just like i didn't <laughs> cool who gave Good you my you. number thanks thanks how did you know i could use this like i was like really curious like i was like i checked to see if it was ticking kind of thing like what the fuck is this <laughs> well scott. that shit's gonna stop once i got yeah. the gig i tell you what <laughs> damn you for <fortune. laughs> anyway but you're talking about the stand and joking well, i'm talking about well i just i met it's, just so, it's so, cool well, it's cool that he could put up with it well he's got uh, you know he's he's written several books he's got a new one coming out right now and a lot of people are going oh he's totally great he's like his dad you know so so maybe he's the new guy to, to look to i don't know um i'm gonna throw one more book recommendation out there i just read it um and i've mentioned this on twitter um uh linda opst uh she wrote one she wrote one mm. uh 10 years ago uh, about the state of hollywood then she's just come out with a new one called sleepless in hollywood oh uh, is this the thing that i posted in that one thread yeah i, th- I think so yeah that's the lady who was like asking why is this happening because she you know, that that article was because she's plugging the book which just came out um and it's really it's sleepless in hollywood by linda opst who's a, a producer of, of features among other things sleepless in seattle um who it's a very interesting analysis and someone in the I think someone in the forums asked a reasonable question said how is it you know because it's all about how she said what the hell happened in the movie industry and someone in the forums said how does she work in the movie industry and not know what happened in the movie industry and it's like well this book explains that you know it, yeah again you have to understand that the movie industry is not like five of us who meet at Morton's every Monday it's it's a large <laughs> it industry. is you're just not invited exactly I know it's like well there's there's five or just not one of them yeah but. She's a producer. Her job has been for her whole career to come up with an idea or find an idea or buy someone's idea and maybe put a movie star on top of it, maybe get a writer, maybe get a director, put a package together, walk into the front door of the studio and go, here's a movie idea that I think will cost about $70 million. Yeah, we got Tom Hanks attached. Exactly. And sell that to the studio. That happens successfully for years and years and years. And then not so much all of a sudden and successfully less and less successfully and she said 
one day to herself, why am I not selling these packages to these studios anymore? So that's when she had those interviews where she went to talk to those, you know, hey, why aren't you buying my stuff anymore? And they said, well, because now the industry is like this. And it was all horrifying news to her. Um, So it's a book basically about what happened to the industry. And really for her, according to her measurement, the turning point was the writer's strike. The writer's strike was what put it over the cliff and turned it into the Hollywood we have now. I'm sorry, everyone. I came here and the next week that happened. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's my fault. I'm sorry. But um, so the Hollywood, the, the writer's strike was basically Hollywood studios. And again, studios are not producers. Producers are not writers. Writers are not directors. These are all different jobs with different agendas. Um, since the writer's strike put a halt to the writing process, <laughs> it allowed studios to go, okay, look, now that we don't have to sit in our office all day and hear pitches and read scripts, what do we got? How do we make this? Well, we've got this little pause. When we get back to work, can we do this without the fucking writers again? <laughs> and they basically came up with as many ways as they could to eliminate the whole, I had an idea from the process of movie making. They wanted to get rid of the writer. They wanted to get rid of the creative vision and just turn properties into money without someone creative having to come up with the concept first. So <laughs> without that whole pesky art. Exactly. Well, that's literally what she says happened. And so they, they canceled everyone's deal. You remember that was one of the first steps yeah. of the writer's strike. Yeah. They, all these in-house writers are like, you're paid to sit in an office and think of ideas. Okay, fuck that. That's Cancel. how you got an office. Cancel. That's how I got an office. Yeah, I was vacant for a while. Um, cancel that. Um, and then just... We we don't want to hear pitches anymore. We don't buy spec scripts anymore. We don't care about that shit. We want to talk to the guy who owns the Battleship game. We want to talk to the guy who owns... Who's got the Lone Ranger these days? Some popular comic. We want to talk to the guy who owns the Lone Ranger, which my, you know, I, I remember that name. I mean, that's that's that was the, the, the turning point. was hmm. literally the writer's strike, although wow. with, with all the best intentions, but the writer's strike, according to Linda's assessment, was what gave Hollywood the break to go, okay, fuck those writers. Let's just get them out of the process as much as we can. You guys, if we actually have a VFX strike, maybe they'll start making movies again. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. the, the whole thing is, I mean, the movies it, that, that are coming out right now, everyone's making a big deal. Oh, the movies are imploding. It's like, uh, I guess according to this, it's like, no, the studios are just going to have to start coming to the conclusion that they need writers again. That's what's going to yeah. happen. That would be uh, yeah. that would be for the just just like for the for the writers with the best of intentions killed the industry um, killed the creativity of the industry I would I would totally support a VFX strike because that would completely destroy the VFX industry as it extends right now which is good because it needs to get burned to the ground um, and and you know then we would come back to like okay we can't do visual effects movies all the time anymore and we'd go back to like writing I think that would be a great <laughs> thing it's like we need to get rid of about 5,000 of those employees and get them off into get the other ground, get the ground brush clear exactly just you know get it back to a vacant lot again and uh, and just and start and start back with you know a few visual effects workers which is bad news for all those kids who just got out, of, got out of school but you know I don't know those kids so that's how it is <laughs> But but anyway, yeah. No, no, I'm not disagreeing. It's my, it's my it's my fifth industry meltdown. You guys are noobs, you know. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, I've always got Idaho and shelves. Exactly. There's always there's always work at the post office. Um, the anyway, so I recommend. It's funny because Linda Obst. Um, it's it's all it's that's what the that article is basically the book is a, more or less a series of those chapter by chapter talking to different studio heads and different people like well what do you do and and the answer you know she she comes up with so many things that we've been saying here 
for years now on the show about the state of the industry right. and just comes, you know, comes out with the same conclusion that so many other people is like the movie industry is not a place for original thought. It's not a place to be a creative person. It's not a place to, to tell interesting, exciting stories. The movie industry is now a place to sell comic books and action figures. You have um, to be Tom Hanks to exactly. get that thing you do, mate. Exactly. You have yeah, to be that, Tom. That was, that was you have to be Tom Hanks 20, 20, 17 years ago. I don't think he could even, he, and Tom Hanks could get it made now and he'd do it on TV. And so, and sure enough, this woman who's been producing major motion pictures for 20 years, she's now a television producer. She's got four shows on the air. She was like, fuck it. I'm going to TV like everybody else. And she did. And now she's a successful TV producer because that's where you can the be. Stories cre- are. That's where you can be creative and tell stories now. Interesting. I read the article. Like we posted the one article in the forum and I, maybe someone will find it and post it in the thread for this episode. But it's a really interesting thing. And I remember I titled the thread damn Hollywood like I actually yeah. was like oh that's why ow that sucks I mean fuck you but still that's it's crazy. nothing surprising to us though we've been talking about this right. for three years yeah. you know it's just weird it's just like people it's, it's it's all out. Out. No, you're totally like right that. that's true yeah, yeah. to look at some numbers and go oh that's where the percentages went yeah uh-huh and the answer isn't though you might think BitTorrent that's not the answer part of it it's part of it but it's not the answer uh, and it's crazy you're just like oh that's it's probably BitTorrent but it's really Netflix yeah that's what it's yeah you look at it and you go hmm it's like, how'd you get that scar? Never mind. Sorry. I didn't. Yeah. I forgot. I was drunk. I didn't do it. You know, sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Mike, you got anything else? Anything going on? Um, not, uh, no. I can't. I don't know that I uh, Any writing projects, sir? Mm-hmm. Are, you, uh, are, you, are you writing Frontier Batman? Yeah, I guess I am. I guess that's going <laughs> on the slate, too. Um, Toontown Batman. Toontown Batman. <laughs> Toontown oh, Batman. Batman. Toontown doesn't exist anymore. They, they took it out. Is that where they put the cars thing? No, no, no that's that's California Adventure. No, <laughs> that would be that would be so appropriate. They tore down Toontown to put in cars, just like the movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> but Toontown's so gone. Well, I they, like Toontown. at least at Disney World, the, they replaced it with um, like oh no, Disney Disneyland Land. still has Toontown, Disneyland still has fans. Well, that's Disney the only World. real Disney park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah at this point, but they actually replaced because I was just. I love that. I love this. Uh, it's like because we live in California, we know that. But he's like, is that where Cars Land is? And you're like, that's California Adventure. Come on, <laughs> yeah. it's like well, it's nobody like, outside of. LA knows that yeah. they don't even know there's two parks. Aren't they built. They're building Harry Potter here now too, aren't they? Uh, they that's are, Disney. Yeah. It's a universal. 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 It's a universal, universal. thing. Oh, wait, right. no, are we getting going. that here at Hollywood? Yeah, right. It already exists. <gasps> they are Orlando. building that at Universal. I know. It's, it's okay, coming at. You write this Universal, universal, universal here, anyway. which means they're tearing something anyway, down. What's at Toontown? So exciting. Uh, they just <laughs> built at Disney World. They expanded Fantasyland and they they put up like Bell's Castle, which is actually really nice. Nice. So. Mm. Not like that old Sleeping Beauty piece of shit. Yeah, I know. The whole castle that is the thing you recognize that they put in their fucking logo. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah, it's played. That's nice. always been there. That's the center of the magic No, it's just like they added a second castle. Oh. It's like, yeah. well, they had one. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I'm tired of looking at that castle. Although I was castles, We've had that castle for speaking like 50 of, years. Speaking, speaking of coming so... universal attractions in the original, you know, in, in the true attractions form, not like movies, but like attractions at the park, uh, they, just, uh, they mentioned a couple weeks ago that Halloween Horror Nights, which is a thing that Universal Studios does oh, every right, year, yeah. mm. in Orlando, but not here, and that bums me out, is actually doing oh. Weeping Angels, an, an, oh. Weeping Angels from Doctor Who, oh, wow. as one of their things. Where they're actually, what they do is they like dress people up, like employees up. I'm sorry, players, or is that just Disneyland? I don't know. Cast members, cast members cast is members. Disneyland. Yeah, so. but whatever. They're they're dressing Play, up employees. Is probably they, you know, Hollywood is probably they get like players. a Jason Voorhees and they get like a werewolf and, and they scare you. You like walk around the park at night and they have like fog pumped into it and it's just creepy. It's like a haunted house but as an entire amusement park. It's a cool idea. And this year they're doing Weeping Angels, which means they're actually yeah. they're dressing people up like the angels and they're doing the angel thing where they'll they'll stand still 
And then when you're not looking, they'll get right behind you and then stand still again. I'm like, okay, that you just crossed a line. Yeah. That is too much. Someone, someone's getting punched. Someone is going to get hurt <laughs> yeah. because I would be the one hurting them. That actually does. Pat I'm, them down at the door because you don't want anyone at that fucking park with a gun. Having having just finished the the West Wing, I think the next thing is probably going to be Doctor Who. I, I, Start on season because, five. Well, I'm going to, but. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna do select episodes and Weeping Angels is the number, is the name yeah. that keeps coming out. Blink, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Because don't yeah, blink. blink, blink, and you're dead. My boyfriend just got pod personed by Doctor Who, so like you won't talk about anything else <laughs> now. So I need to start watching well, that so I know what the hell he's talking with, about. You have someone to hold your hand during Blink. <laughs> these things are these things are so in the ozone. It's like I I've never watched Doctor. I've seen like one episode of Doctor Who like six years ago. Um, it was a tenant. I know that much. Um, but. Uh, it's like I know that if I'm going to watch Doctor Who, I have to see Blink because that's with the Weeping Angels, and I even know what the Weeping yeah. Angels. It has been overhyped. It's like take it back down, but yeah. then watch it. it. Has been I know overhyped. if I have to watch Buffy, I have to watch The Body, and I have to watch Hush and, and that musical to, one. and the musical episode. Once again, I don't even feeling? know. What, I don't even know what that fucking means, but I know those are the episodes <laughs> I'm supposed to watch. So. No one knows what the West Wing is, but they, they know they have to watch the one where Jed Bartlett is yelling at God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you have to watch the one where he takes his back medication and calls the Butterball <laughs> yeah. Hotline. Those are the big three. <laughs> See, Mike knows what those mean now. Yeah, I do. It's awesome. Uh, Even in the pilot, like uh, Leo is like, He's like haranguing the New York Times crossword editor going like, you spelled Gaddafi wrong. It's like, how do you know? Because I just mobilized a, and like, I just authorized like, an exoset yeah, missile yeah, strike. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, uh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other things we need to get to. Brian, did you have one? Yeah, I do. Well, if we're doing books, I want to plug a couple of uh, nonfiction books uh, by a guy that's that <laughs> actually a friend of mine. Um, one that I just read, he just came out with his new one. It's called The First 20 Hours, which is uh, about how to learn basically any skill in the world quickly. I like heard about that. I it, want to read that one. Yeah, oh, it's, nice. it's basically a counterpoint to Gladwell's you know, 10,000 <laughs> hours like, to become a world master. How to get passable. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. Like, okay, Gladwell's the thesis is it takes 10,000 hours to become a, the world master at whatever it is. 10,000 hours, then you're John Lennon. Yeah, but uh, Josh Kaufman is the guy's name. Uh is like, well, I don't care about being the world's greatest whatever. I just want to be pretty good at a whole bunch of things. So how can I do that? And so he created a book about basically getting through the first 20 hours and getting to a um, functionable level of skill at whatever it is you want to do. Uh, so the first 20 hours... The if you premise, learn, I like that a lot. Yeah. It also, it, it reads right. Because if you spend 20 hours on a unicycle, you will not <laughs> yeah. hate yourself the next time you try. And the... the um, Basically, he front loads the book with the technique, and then the rest of the book is like I think five different case studies that he he applies. So to it's himself. not just self help; it's like a bookie book. Well, it's like a, here's a technique. Yes, it's, it's like an, a, it's like a journalistic thing. Here's an actual technique on how to do this, and then five to five case studies on it. So we've established the parameters. There's ten thousand hours to be world class master expert. Twenty hours to be half assed. And we're like, <laughs> by the way, I'll have you know, we're like. Fucking like yeah, 350 hours into this podcast, so we've only been passable for the last yeah, 330 I hours. I don't, I don't actually want to be the best. I just want to get laid. Oh well, then you want the 20 hour book. You want the, you want <laughs> oh, the, yeah. I mean, card it's tricks, not quite whatever, that cynically, but yes, that's the basic idea. Pick up a guitar, uh, learn four chords, play Wonderwall, and enjoy your pussy. <laughs> well, here's right. the here's the get thing. So. One of the things he did, one of the skills he deconstructs in the book, is him learning to play the ukulele. Hmm. And the, the challenge he set for himself, one of the pieces of the technique is, you know, visualize what your end goal is and be specific about it. So his end goal was to... That's to, the secret, too. To actually give... Uh, yeah. yeah. Creepy. The, was to actually give a performance. Yeah. And so... <laughs> but the secret is just visualize it and it'll 
to have. Don't yeah. do anything. Yeah, the, secret, sit there. Yeah. the secret is the that's it. That's the whole secret. Yeah. There are I'm other a parts pony. to this technique. <laughs> uh, so and so his thing was like, okay, in a specific period of time, like five weeks or something like that. Just set a goal for I'm going to I'm, play a little show. I'm going to do a performance, and he actually. He gave like a TEDx talk somewhere. And this was, uh, he gave a TEDx talk on this. And at the end, he does the little show. And at the end, he says, and that was my very first performance ever. That's cool. Uh, so it's Josh Kaufman is the guy's name out there. And that's his second book. His first book is actually if, if you have any interest at all in ever uh, going into business for yourself or starting a business or whatever, uh, his first book is amazing and it's called The Personal MBA. And it's basically, instead of going and doing in a master's in business program, he basically read every business book ever. And, and summarized them for and you? And summarized all the, the it's, key It's the 20-hour MBA. It's like, listening, yeah. it's like listening to this show as opposed to reading all the screenwriting books. Which, I mean, Essentially, to, in a way, yes. To be fair, I mean, that's... I've, I often thought that even in college, I was like, so wait, uh, like, most of this is just, I read the textbook and then you... Explain what I just read. Like, why? Why, why can I, I not do this on my why own? Why not just do yeah. this on my yeah. own? It's expensive enough just buying the fucking books. Yeah, yeah. So, if you have any interest or notion about going into business or starting a business or whatever, personal MBA is what you need. It's interesting about the two, uh, the twenty hours thing, just because when you, the ukulele, particularly that example, reminded me of a thing where my dad back like when I was like fifteen or maybe younger than that, maybe ten. Uh, there was like a band, like a like a company band, and they'd play like at the like you know hot dog picnics that they would have every now and then because it was a company town in Arkansas. And my dad can sing, but he doesn't play instruments at all. And he ended up being the bass player in that band. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't know you could play bass. He's like, I can't fucking play bass. I'm like, well, you're playing somewhere sixty nine on that stage, like you know how to play bass. He's like, no. You hold that instrument and put your fingers in certain places, and it sounds like you're playing the bass because you know how to play it. <laughs> I just memorize what I do with my fingers, and I can play that song on the bass. I'm yeah. like, you could totally do that. You could totally learn the accordion for like one song. Just one. You just have to memorize <laughs> yeah. where your fingers go. No theory. Just memorize where your fingers go. You could play the instrument. And if they want an encore, you play Summer of '69 again. <laughs> that's, a, that's always been my theory too. Is that's like, that's tutorial. I would love for to. You. I, I want to learn to play the guitar, but I only want to learn to play one awesome kick-ass tune. Like yeah. you sit down and go, "Oh, Stairway to Heaven, sure, bam, and knock it out." Hey, now do that. No, no, I can't. I can't yeah. play anything else. And that's I just do that. Not to be crass, but that's the that's the underbrush that gets cleared when the, uh, the effects industry implodes. Exactly. Well, that's true. I, I was exactly. saying about the tutorials. It's like there are the people who understand why you press that button, and there are the people who just know that's the third button you press. Yeah. Press them in order, and it works. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, I saw. Uh, did any of you guys see Monsters University? I did. Not yet. Not yet. I was now. Okay. No, we this, this is really <laughs> oh, delicate. God. It's a slippery slope to Man of Steel. Careful. Yeah. No, no. This We're is a, in our third hour. This here. is a really, really delicate one. Like there are things that you can hype. Yeah, we'll and, probably and want it, to wrap up, wrap up pretty soon. Yeah. Getting too nuts about. There's it. a. There's things you can hype, and it'll hold up to some hype. Forget I'm hyping Monsters University, but I went in like, okay, let's see, guys, and I really, really enjoyed it. Like I really liked it a lot. I loved the first like two thirds of it. I hyper loved one thing in the last third, but the rest Ooh. of it was just kind of good. But it is it is not brave. It is not Cars Two, and that thank God. And also, and this is the Sold. most this is the most yeah. important thing. Uh, they show baby Mike Wazowski like when he's like oh, nine. God, he's so cute, and oh, it, it is literally the most adorable character that has ever happened. So Mike Wazowski is the boo of the movie now. He's a boo. <laughs> no, because no, there's because they don't spend much time. No, there, it's just like a flashback. A little... Like he goes to visit Monsters Inc. as a little boy on like a field <laughs> trip. Like, I, mean, I just I'm just picturing like a giant eyeball as well. Yeah. He's just he a is. little. He's, he's just a walking eyeball. He looks eyeball. like, he looks like a sperm. But he's got like, like a retainer. Disney but eyes, but it's just, just one the eye. giant. Yeah, Disney they basically eye. figured out the formula is it's always the eyes, right? Okay, what if we had like an eye with really adorable 
eye <laughs> and legs. And that's totally. But seriously, I, I got a gig. I got a big kick out of Monsters Inc. I was worried because yeah. it's my favorite Pixar movie. Like, guys, please, not anything but this one. Come on. But. I had a good time I with felt, it. It I, felt fun. It felt real. It felt good. I felt better about it. Honestly, I felt because Monsters Inc. is it's my favorite. It's not like as well. an Incredibles or a Finding Nemo. I was I was it's, happy it's with good. I was happy first of all when they announced it was a prequel. I was like, okay, good. Don't even try to follow up on on Monsters. We're gonna Inc. go back to would, visit Boo again. Exactly. That yeah. would destroy no. it. So there's there, yeah, none of that. There's no Boo. And it's a completely different story. Boo set is a fourteen year old hooker. World. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh God. Oh God. But uh, Monsters oh, Mike get to work yeah. <laughs> Monsters University is Is you know About how uh, You liked Mike, it right Mike and Sully became, I, I thought it was Yeah I thought it was Great It It's Monsters Inc. is is my favorite movie of of Pixar's, and um, I I thought that it was you know it it belonged in that world and and belongs in the Pixar pantheon quite a bit more than some of their more recent stuff. Um, on its own, the thing is there are, there are elements of it that that you know if you if you know Monsters Inc. it's great, but I think it also stands pretty well on its own as well as like telling a story and and it does a lot of. The theme, unexpected things. Yeah, it does, the, the it, theme of that movie delights me. Yeah, and it does. It does a number of really unexpected things. There's a point, like you said. There's the there's uh you know the final act and stuff like that. There's there's a point where a normal the conversation kids, in the final act is the thing I was talking yeah, about. There's an, it's like oh my god, you guys. Yeah, there's a normal kids movie, but there, there's like the normal kids movies kids movie plot where the movie would end, and that's not the ending there's actually a twist on that that leads you into an entirely another act entirely to to resolve that and it, it to and the, depth yeah the kids the kids movie version of it would have been fine but the what they did to to jank sideways and actually add depth and stuff like that is like oh now this became a pixar movie again yeah. and that this is great so i i absolutely recommend like, it i don't want to spoil it but to talk about the theme that i was talking about i'll, I'll just tell you what's in the trailer i'll just remind you what's in the trailer yeah. okay it's a movie about how much mike wants to be a scarer and that's the ultimate goal that he has you've seen monsters inc is he a scarer yeah the theme is related to this <laughs> You are not special. Anyway, it's really it's a fucking awesome Pixar movie. Uh, uh, not like Incredibles, Finding Nemo level, but super cool, and I'm psyched. And I also like their announcement the other week where they're like, "Okay, we're gonna do like a one and a half movies a year thing, where every year we release a new movie, and every other year we release a sequel in addition to that. So basically, one and a half movies a year. Which okay, sure, fine, sure, fine. Like <laughs> I'm just I'm just psyched about the the announcement that there's gonna be constant original shit. Because yeah. I was like after the last. They announced like Toy Story four kind of. They announced uh, Cars two, uh, Monsters Inc two, and now Finding Dory. I'm like, all right. Geez. They shut down Toy Stories four though. They they said they? no, we're not Did doing they? that. Really? From my understanding, they in fact, if that's, if that's right. Is, that's the best news I I've believe, heard all week. I believe they they even said that that was never actually. They were like that was a misunderstanding. We were well, the, that was a misunderstanding because they never had a plan for Toy Story four at yeah, all. Some exactly. website said there was going to exactly. be a Toy Story four. There was never actually okay. a Toy Story four in Good. the works because Toy Story three is a that's when you that's when you close the that's curtain the and end. say we fuck yeah. I can't believe we made it but we're done <laughs> yeah, that's right. holy shit you guys we lived yeah. Toy Story 3 is the encore and then when you go off the stage and they cry encore encore you go no nope we have already note. played Layla fuck off Pixar has left the building as far as Toy Story is concerned yeah and then the other thing is someone in the chat mentioned it and I was curious what you guys think or if you have opinions I don't think any of us have actually been actively thinking about this, but it is happening. This Shield TV show that Joss is sort of half doing. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you? Do you care? Do you have anything? Like, I'm. I'm curious. I'll, I'll check barely. it out. Barely. Yeah. I'll exactly. Check it out, I'm yeah. like, yeah. when the episode comes out, I'll, I'll watch it. But otherwise, I. I like if Joss was show running it. That's one thing. 
But now it's just like a. Is he not? That sounds like a cash. He's movie. he's he uh, he's, is basically like, he's launching it. it. Yeah, he's. I think he was in charge of the pilot, Uh-oh. and then after that, he's like, "Yeah, have at it, U.S." Okay. So, um, well, I mean, but the idea yeah. is, it's basically, it's literally like telling the story of the people who work at Shield who are not superheroes. Yeah. Which, right. okay, that premise <laughs> so, can so work. It's the West Wing, a la Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Or okay, like, that just got me interested. Yes, I yeah, wasn't interested I until just, you said that. I, mean, so I was like, oh, okay. Because I could totally get behind, like you know, <laughs> yeah. the, like we talked about uh, the the. Uh, Incredibles the idea like that government guy who has to clean up the mess all the time yeah that's gotta be an interesting story okay so we just destroyed half of New York oh god all right, I'm gonna call on the guys you know clean up crew and I think I, some I think somebody in our in our forum pointed out that there there was a limited comic run of the cleanup crew yes, about the, the there was a, who, that did exist that the, the guys who have to clean up after the superhero battles which uh, but enough about Man of Steel and Star Trek yeah but um, I yeah you know, like I, said, I yeah boy Jesus Christ I can't go online without someone telling me that there's a Shield TV show coming but uh, you know whatevs. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out, yeah. but I'm not. Like, they'll tell me. They'll tell me what okay. they think about the it, pitch. So. The West Wing and Avengers verse in, in Avengers verse is a good pitch. Prove is, it. Is that what it actually is? And I'm interested. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I know. All I know is that it's about the people who work at Shield who are not superheroes. Well, Agent Coulson does play an FBI agent in the West Wing, and there's lots of and there's, he does, there's, yeah. there's superheroes in the Wake trailer. Wake up, so. sheeple! Yeah. <laughs> there's superheroes in the trailer for the the trailer for Shield. Oh, is there so. really? I haven't yeah. even seen the trailer. Well, I'm sure they're going to come in and out at the very least. Yeah. It would be, if, if the show had the balls to never, ever actually have superheroes ever, then I'd go, wow, you awesome show. But it's... It, no. it, they well, were, actually, let's, if they had the balls to, like, Thor is always just walking out of the room as yeah. the characters well, but, walk in. See, that's the original West Wing idea. Uh, yeah. 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 The yeah. Sam Seaborn idea. Yeah. What you know if like if a Shield Cranston Guildenstern yeah. thing if uh, Shield becomes yeah. what it's, the it's West looking Wing looking at the White House but you never see the president yeah, yeah. if yeah. Shield becomes what the West Wing is which is that it's all about the Avengers at that point yeah. then right. I mean the trailer has got you know I mean you, you look at the trailer and then you look at the the discussions about it you know and, they, and it's all about which superheroes do we see I thought that was Golden Cronenberg and a, no no that's clearly <laughs> Fireball Twisto you know it's like it's again you know, Fireball Twisto I like Golden Cronenberg <laughs> yes they're. <laughs> They're so running out of names for superheroes. It's really sad. But you're the not. libertarian will turn into a goldfish. No, no. I, oh, no, it's red-faced motherfucker. <laughs> well, well, the motherfucker is, is from Kick-Ass, too. Yeah. Yes. That's the the, the motherfucker. It's like, there you go. Oh, red, the red Mist is now mo- the motherfucker. Right. No, I was referencing whatever the no, fuck movie it was. No, when you traded that thing, like, and oh, the bad and, guy yeah. fucking well, from Aven- red-faced from motherfucker. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's the, our Avengers commentary. Captain, Captain, Captain America is red-faced motherfucker. That's yeah, the, yeah. the bad guy and there. And the vinyl backflip. Vinyl backflip, sure. Well, that's here to stay. But the, it's all about you know it's, it's, there's superheroes all over the thing, um, which you know that's not necessarily going to ruin it. It might still be fun. Uh, the, the the you know the the big one is uh, of course Coulson with the uh, Don't Touch Lola is the big punchline of the trailer. So uh, uh, okay, you know so it's like okay if it's about Coulson who's like being the straight man to all this ridiculous shenanigans then yeah that could be fun I and, could, and know, God bless it, the know, actor's name for, like high five man good like I'm glad that worked out for you because you seem like a nice guy a uh, Clark Gregg that's what his name is yeah. it's like. He, like, was in these movies incidentally, and that was probably a huge deal for his career, but then, like, Joss made everyone love him in The Avengers, which is way bigger deal, and then Joss put him in Much Ado About Nothing, which I saw, uh, which is cool, but now he's, like, this random character actor who was sort of, like, invited in to be in all these little, you know, weirdo Avenger universe Marvel movies a few years ago, because he looks so plain-faced and, like, he can just sink into the crowd kind of guy, has his own show. I'm like, fucking, that's what I'm talking about. Hollywood. I'm very happy for you, man. Well, yeah. he did already have his own show, but that didn't, uh, did he? What was he on? Well, he was he played uh, 
uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's ex husband in Old Adventures of New Christine. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot that was well, a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it did it not last lead. long. Um, uh, yeah, so Shield. Yeah, whatevs. Um, I'm curious. I'm much more excited to watch the first episode. Newsroom into in a week and a half. Yay. Yeah, actually, a week. It should be a week now. I think the fourth Sunday. Yeah, I think you're Sunday. The week week from tonight. Today's six. Newsroom. Yes. Yes, speaking of Sorkin, yes. <laughs> we can't have West Wing, but we can have Newsroom. Trey's like using two fingers to tap his forearm, like, give me more, I'm just, give me yeah. more. It's like, it's like, as someone said, I said this on Twitter recently, someone said, you know, the, the people accuse the West Wing, it's like, yes, yeah, it's like a liberal wet dream. Oh, and what a dream yeah. it is. Why do you think I'm watching? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. So that's why I was saying with Newsroom. It's like, yes, if only this was the world we lived in. Oh, my God. The thought that there are actually real news people still trying to do the news somewhere would be so awesome. I know I'm just jerking off, but it's fun. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, I, I tweeted that about fucking Top Gear one time. I was like, people who complain about affordable cars on Top Gear are missing the Playboy aspect of the whole thing. But we're just <laughs> trying to jerk off right now, you guys. So, yeah, let's take yeah. that Lamborghini off a jump. Go. Just go. Yeah. Do it. I want to see it. Yeah. I don't I don't look at real estate sites because I can afford it. <laughs> yeah. Looking at it because it's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. right. I just want to look at it. That house is amazing. Look so, at yeah, that. that's, uh, that's the I guess, the roundup. And we're going to... I'm probably going to post this one tonight because grab bags get weird if they're not like released. Right yeah, that's back. true. Otherwise, we're talking uh, about so I'm movies. This one tonight, so we're not going to be live recording for a few weeks. I'm going off to Boston to record an album. Oh God, help me! Um, <laughs> which is no, it's not exactly made any more. I'm not any more confident because I just the other day fell on my hands and really tore the hell out of them. And it's cool because like your your hands are it'll only be, like, it'll be really raw, man. Yeah, yeah. Your, your hands yeah, are only like one third of the part of your body you're gonna that have you use to, when you play the piano. See, you're gonna what's gonna happen is you're gonna you're gonna this is gonna be a, a huge hit and then you're gonna have to fuck up your hands every time you record yeah, exactly. an album because that's your <laughs> like that's, that's gonna that, be that's the juice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the secret. His that's second my, his second album didn't nearly have that like raw intensity. I mean sure it was the te- blood on the keys exactly. man. like sure it was technically interesting but I really liked it when he was just playing nothing but chords. Yeah. When he, when he <laughs> and it sounded like it hurt. Much more visceral. And the, you'd hear in his voice, it sounded like yeah. he was really tortured. Every time the chord changed, he went oof but between yeah. the lyrics. It was crazy. But yeah, going to do that shit. And I'm doing like little documentary things. So if you want to watch that shit, it's on YouTube. T. Christie is my thingy. But anyway, <laughs> that's what's going on. And um, <laughs> the, other thing, the other thing that's really funny is like, um, I think we've kind of shown uh, our, our nerd cred. We're, we're like our, our hipster nerd cred, as I, as I referred to it this morning on Twitter. It's like, yeah, you know what else is coming up next week? Comic-Con. Yeah, whatever. I fucking keep forgetting that's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is just next week, people, isn't it? I've got is it people, next week? Yeah, yeah, I've got people tweeting me about what panels you're going to at Comic Con. I'm going to go with none, um, especially because I just tweeted next today. Week. I just tweeted Jesus. about you know it's like I, I, Comic Con never sticks up on this, you. And this is actually is literally like I think you know probably one of the truer things I've ever said is uh, is like I'm I'm I'm. Comic Con is the only way that I'm a hipster because it's like, oh, I totally go to Comic Con, but I don't go to Comic Con. I don't go to panels and I don't stand in line for shit and I don't ever go to the floor because that's crazy. It's too mainstream. I, I go to Comic Con every year though. He's <laughs> like, well, what do you do? It's like, I see my friends, I right. crash parties, and I eat at the really cool restaurants, and I get out of Los Angeles for an afternoon. That's that's why I go to Comic Con. That's my excuse. Is but, it sad? Does it make me stand in line to watch someone talk yeah. about their fucking TV show? Are you serious? The one I'm going to see later, yeah. and that all the blogs are going to write yeah. about anyway. Does it yeah. make me a hipster that I'm like, yeah, that's that's what you're what you're describing is called doing Comic Con right? Yeah. Exactly. Like. You know, it's great because you don't have to I, buy well, a badge. I, do. I, I do feel condescending. <laughs> no, it's just it's. I don't care yeah. about the panels. I don't, but I like going to see people and yeah. bumping into Doctor Who and SeaWorld and, and the cosplay. You go, you know, you want yeah. to see those amazing costumes and the zombie parade. Yeah. That's cool too. Yeah, 
That's that's why you go to Comic Con. Don't don't be a fool and like buy a ticket and try to get into anything. That's 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 a fool's game. Be smart. That's work on two shows, you. get free tickets, and then drink beer the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah. And find someone to lend you their badge. You want to go look at the floor for a couple hours. Yeah, I did that last year with a porn star. That was a good year. There you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, so cool. That's the. I think that's the longest intermission we've ever had. Except for the film, had some pretty the, long the, the film scores one was four hours, but this has been two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to iTunes, subscribe, get a brand new episode every single week. We've got all new iTunes feeds, by the way, for What Are You Doing Movie, The Intermission, and Documentality. And also a fourth one for just the Friends in Your Head sort of overall, like the box set feed, where whatever comes through. <laughs> the nice. anthology. Yeah, we yeah. finally got that off the ground. And uh, go to subscribe, get a brand new episode every single week of some shit. Only if you're subscribed to the Friends in Your Head one. Otherwise, like, intermission doesn't update that often anymore. But uh, the forum, wonderful community of people, great folks. Log in, sign up, make your whole thing happen. And uh, buy our shirts. Give us money. Holden Hill Design and Maintain the website. And until next week, my name is Teague Christie. Brian Finnefer. Mike Scott. Trey Stokes. And this has been The Intermission. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. Friendsinyourhead.com. <laughs>